1: I'll send it over to Edward Robles. Go Insert Name FC! What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast. And with me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, what's up, guys? So, it's... Well, obviously, this episode drops on Friday, which is Christmas Eve. So, ha- Merry Christmas, Edward. Merry Christmas. Um, Merry yeah. right, Christmas everyone. You know, speaking of Christmas, obviously, well, that's our 3 up 3 down spoiler. Um, but you know what, you know, transfer windows about to open up again. Um, we'll go down our, our teams that we support. Um, I guess going based off our our singing bets, um, we'll start things off with the Premier League. So, Edward for Manchester United, who what's on your on your Christmas wish list for transfers? On my
2: Christmas, tri- sorry, sorry. On my Christmas wish list for transfers, well, yeah. honestly, right now, um, shoot, anything that would make solidify
1: Barcelona. Honestly, I said starting with English Premier League. Oh, English <laughs> menu. Premier
2: League, uh, Manu. <laughs> honestly, Manu is good right now. Where they're at. They just need to know. They just need to know how, where to put those players on formation. Honestly, like they are legit good. Like, would you would you add any depth in anywhere? Not really, dude. Honestly, um, oh. I, I, like that's how that's how I'm like, man. You has a squad. They even have to just mix it up, or they just have to do
1: different formations, or they just have to do something. All right, so better better managing is what you're what's on your <laughs> wish list for- Pretty much. Okay. All right. What about about you for Arsenal? Arsenal, um, honestly, kind of weirdly enough, Arsenal isn't really that bad of a team. Obviously, they're as we're as last time we spoke, uh, Arsenal is in fourth place right now. Obviously, that also depends on what happens with West Ham because I think I think they have a game over West Ham. So if West Ham wins their game, obviously they go back to they go back to the top four, and Arsenal's back in fifth. But, um, Arsenal really hasn't been really that bad. They've lost to teams that, you know, realistically, you know, they're going to lose to, obviously you're going to lose to Manchester United, you're going to lose to, uh, Man City. So they've, they've competed really, I mean, aside from Brentford, they've done pretty well this season. You know, I think every people, some people have not realized how good Arsenal has been so far, but, um, Uh. I mean, with some of the current things that are going on and we'll definitely touch up on that in our headlines. Um, I definitely would say a, a clear striker because, to be honest, the goals that are coming from Arsenal right now are mainly Smith-Rowe, uh, which obviously I'm not against because I love Smith-Rowe, but we do need a for-sure striker in that position. So, uh, I would say, and I don't even say, like, I mean, I know the rumor has been Vlahilovic, but, I mean, just get yourself, like, a, a well-seasoned striker. I, I think someone with some good experience, maybe um I don't know, uh A Luis Suarez kind of player. Not saying that Luis Suarez is up for grabs right now, but someone with experience. You don't necessarily need somebody that a young player. You can get yourself like a leader up front, which also could also help out because Arsenal doesn't need a leader. Yeah. True. (laughs) Obviously, Luis Suarez. I don't think is on the table, but (laughs) (laughs) but someone like
2: like, having your eyes set on someone like like Luis Suarez. So
1: I would definitely say for Arsenal right now, maybe. Get themselves a, a definitive striker, number nine.
2: All right. Okay.
1: All right, and then we'll go to we'll go to La Liga. So, for you, what do you think Barcelona needs? Honestly, just uh, this whole this whole conversation
2: about Erling Haaland. I mean, it's possible. It would be nice. It's just um, money wise, it's not there. Want to see financially. So I mean, personally, I don't know. I, I think maybe like the the rumors about Ferran Torres going that would be a, a decent signing, I think. I think he would fit.
1: Where would um, you put him though?
2: I don't know. I guess thing it's like would you put could, would
1: you come, I mean I mean think you, of it like this because just think of it like this, like Diogo Jota right now has been playing a false nine. He idealistically yeah. he's a winger, but he's been playing a false nine for Liverpool. Yep. Could you see Ferran Torres maybe switch, shift over to that false nine position? Right. Is that is um, that something that you're thinking of, or you think of him more as a winger? I mean, I think of him as a winger, but he could be the
2: false nine. Um, you know, it's just
1: honestly, I don't, I don't know
2: where to but, put him. But I mean, you, would you would like Frazztoris?
1: Yeah, that's for, who you want. All right, that, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe
2: maybe you could put Ansu Fati as a false sign and
1: put Fernando Torres, you know, on the wing. Mm, that's that would be fun. That'd be a fun thing to watch. Yeah. Um, for me, for Real Madrid, I think Real Madrid, low key, kind of similar to Arsenal, but kind of more for you know, obviously Real Madrid is kind of leading right now in La Liga. Um, I feel like they're they're actually pretty pretty well set off everywhere. Um, I mean. <sighs> You know, Modric looks like he's playing like he's 22 for some weird reason. Um, definitely looks better from last season. Uh, Tony Cruz, obviously he's going to do his thing. Um, I mean, you know, obviously Real Madrid still has yet to have made that big splash signing. So I think that if they can get that big splash signing done this time around, I would love to see it. Obviously the name that everyone's been circling with Real Madrid has been Mbappe. So I think it's time to bring Mbappe to Real Madrid at this point.
2: Mm, okay. Okay. I mean, realistically, you're closer to your goal than I am.
1: <laughs> realistically, yeah. Um, and then we're going to the Bundesliga Dortmund.
2: Let's see. What is that, Dortmund? Uh, honestly, <laughs> keep Haaland
1: somehow. <laughs> you're over here. It's like, I know Barcelona's got rumors with Erling Haaland.
2: <laughs> yeah, but but now we're going to Bundesliga. and Bundesliga, honestly, is
1: keep Haaland. That's true. That's very true. I think that I do. Realistically, that's the move to go. I mean, for. Keep, keep the squad moving, but then just somehow keep on. You, do you try there? to move on from. Can... Do you try to move on from Matt Hummels? Uh, I mean, do you try I to bring? So. Do you bring, your, bring in a, a center back that can kind of take my Matt, Matt Hummels spot? Honestly, yeah. Honestly, man. Because I
2: mean, Matt Hummels is already it's it's up there and. I mean, it's not like, a, it's not a bad thing. It's just, I think he needs, he needs to pass on the reins. I mean, think it's time. The whole team is evolving and he's the only one that's, I like, guess, just back there. I'm not saying he's a bad player. It's just, I mean, sometimes sometimes he'll get dusted. Yeah, sometimes he'll get dusted. And I'm just like, eh. like pretty sure. Like, it's, it's so funny to see, like, center backs. They're not even, like, huge and tall anymore. Sometimes they're, like, really short and speedy.
1: But they I mean, actually not. some Yeah, that's exactly. So. so, I mean, um, is like 5'11, but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get, I get what you mean. Uh, for Bayern Munich, I mean, they're just stacked everywhere. Um, I guess just keeps, keep poaching players from the Bundesliga, which, I mean, you, you kind of, Edward, you've already heard my, my gripe. I mean, everybody's heard my gripe now at this point with, with the way Bayern Munich is able to run Bundesliga like they do. Um I you know, at some point you gotta be able to there's gotta be some competition. And so mm-hmm. it's not it's just not fair. But uh but I mean just me arm you keep doing what you're doing. I mean you're you're always gonna win your league if you keep doing what you're doing. So Yep. Until proven different <laughs> until proven differently, that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> um and then uh Syria, so Juventus. Mm-hmm. Honestly,
2: uh, everything's been quiet on the Dybala front. He hasn't really shown. He's just constantly out. And I mean, COVID was the main first and injuries and I think another round of COVID and another round of injuries. So hopefully, like, he can stay healthy. But, you know, um, hopefully, Federico Chiesa stays Stays at, at Juventus as well. And um, probably like Locatelli like, stays there as well. Okay. Like, okay. hopefully, I, like they have like a breakthrough more of a year. Like, they could just start, like, I, I don't know, like being those those goal scorers that they're going to be like on I the mean, top of the, the table f- for goal scorers. Future,
1: the future looks so bright for Juventus. Obviously, you got Chiesa, yeah. so you got Locatelli, you got, um, I mean, weirdly <laughs> enough, Marata hasn't lived up to because usually he looks great in Juventus jersey. Um, I haven't heard much from Maratta. That's like the he crazy. actually.
2: He, I think he scored the winning goal or oh, he the first goal in the last
1: game they played. Yeah. So I mean, so that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's it's not a, like all uh, bad. That's a that's an interesting name to drop over there. But um, yeah, I mean, like I think with the the, the promise that Juventus has, um, I think. They're just missing something. I don't know what it is. Maybe an Eden Hazard. <laughs> Can, no. you take it? Can you please say no. Eden Hazard? No. <laughs> no. He's Syria
2: good. No. No, he's not. We're not even Syria good. Dang. He's he's, he's, he's <laughs> lost it, man. I don't <laughs> I know whether it's good. <laughs> he, he's good there. I mean, but the thing is, like, he's so. No, no. I'm just saying, like, he still has those moves. Just like they've lost their luster, dude. Like, it's just. It's not there, dude. It was his first game
1: back last week, and I honestly yeah, okay. thought that he was. Gonna, and there was an it was an gonna, a draw for against Cadiz. <laughs> yeah, nineteenth so. place Cadiz or thirteenth yeah. or nineteenth. Oh, yeah, man. So. Uh, so, yeah. that I definitely get that um, for AC Milan. Um. Honestly, I think the team is really well rounded. I don't think that there's any issues with them. Um. I mean the only thing that's like I think is that their goalkeeper's currently injured, but goal, the the goalkeeper that they got to like replace Donald Roma is actually a pretty good one. I really if they like him. Um midfield's fine. The, the wingers are fine. it kind I guess I guess, you know, uh, prepare for Slatan and Giroud. You know, they're not they're not getting any younger, so maybe and I mean you still got Rebic, but I know they play him on the wing every every once in a while. So maybe prepare for for when Zlatan and and Olivia Giroud ends up hanging up, so get yourself another striker. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Better yet, just just get just get Brahim Diaz to be a permanent move, uh, signing. You got him on loan again. Just make him a permanent move. You like you like Brahim Diaz, so just keep Brahim Diaz. Real Madrid isn't going to use him. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. messed up to say it, but like Real Madrid isn't using Brahim Diaz. Go, just make this make it official. Give him a home. Because um, this kid went from Man City to Real Madrid and, you know, has been on loan with, with AC Milan now for his second season. So just, you like him clearly. So just keep him now.
2: Yeah, pretty much, dude. I mean, hit the, what's it called? The nail right in the head.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so there is that. All right, man. So that was just a little, little things that we knocked that out. I mean, you know, January transfer window's is going to open up literally in two weeks. Well, I guess in a week, if you're watching this, listening to this on Friday. Um, but yeah, we have a big show, uh, lined up. We have transfer watch. We have some headlines this week. A debate topic that people may or may like to listen, depending on where you stand on the, on this, on this person. Um, games to recap. Um, we're going to go ahead and somehow apologize to the UEFA Europa Conference League, uh, by, we're going to recap the, the UEFA Europa Conference League. Um So so, no hard feelings, guys. But yeah, your tournament sucks. Um, <laughs> announce our players of the week, and honestly, there's no games to watch unless you're in the Premier League, and that's because the Premier League is the only one that has teams still play, which I believe is called Boxing Day for them, which is their their own term of Christmas. Um, I think that's what it is. I could be wrong. You see, Boxing Day. So, yeah, Boxing Day is December 26th. So, it's the day after Christmas Day. That's, that's what, what they call it. Oh, yeah. In, in Canada? Boxing Day? No, it's in, well, in England. Oh. So, Oops. in England, England does Boxing Day. I'm, I guess Canada does it too. I really don't know.
2: But, yeah. It is, yeah, they do. They do. Um, actually, um, if you have Paramount Plus, they have a, a South Park. COVID special, and they show Ike grown up, and he talks about how am I gonna be Boxing Day with my family? <laughs> I was like, what Boxing Day? I was like, what the <laughs> dang?
1: Uh, so has that been any good? Oh yeah, dude. I- I've hilarious. seen some. I've seen some clips of it. I just think it's funny seeing that Cartman's ultimate like way to piss off Kyle is him having a successful, bro, bro. A successful life as a rabbi. Bro, uh,
2: I'm telling you. Oh no, dude! I'm telling you. If you get a chance to watch it, you should watch it. That is hilarious, bro. I saw some uh, clips. I was, uh, I was laughing my ass off a couple of times. I was
1: like, "Oh man!" All right, and then we'll wrap this show show up with a three o three down. And obviously, it's Christmas Eve, so we're going to go ahead and uh and do our three o three down on Christmas. So we'll see how you guys feel about our three o three downs, but. Um, Spencer sent us his Some pretty funny ones Um, I don't know how funny mine's are But we'll get to it Alright So we're going to go ahead And take a break You guys are going to hear This lovely ad And we'll get going With this episode Yo Edward I'm digging that jersey Where did you get it? Thanks I got it at Fanatics.com What's Fanatics?
2: Fanatics is your One stop shop Of all things sports You can get the gear Of all your favorite teams Even NASCAR even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting Insert Name FC
1: and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. And we're back. Once again, man, if you guys go to our Instagram and Twitter at Name FC, you'll see links all on our social media uh, right there on our, our bio. I don't know why I said all of our social media on our bio. And it'll take you to our link tree. It's going to show you one the InsertName FC store um, where you can listen to us through Pandora, Spotify, Apple um, and Spreaker and also our great partners Fanatics and uh, Audible so make sure you guys go ahead and check out those great partners of ours because obviously if you use those links um, you'll be helping us out and we can probably give you guys a much better product where me and Edward are doing this in our, in our bedrooms and we're doing this in a studio actually maybe having Spencer present with us uh, so Make sure you guys help us out with that. But anyways, let's get going. We're going to start things off with Transfer Watch. um, And we're going to to kick things off with Manchester United, but it's kind of Ajax at the same time. And that is Dean Henderson has a possibility of going to Ajax. Um, David De Gea just looks like finally like David De Gea. And that's why Dean Henderson hasn't been playing that much for Manchester United. And um, yeah, uh, a possible move for Ajax could be in his future. Oh, yeah.
2: So, I mean, I, I guess you could say, like, I remember how we were talking about Dean Henderson's probably the future of Manchester United. But the thing is, in order for him to be, like, the future, De Gea basically has to do the royal fuck-up that, um, I want to say, Liverpool's goalkeeper did
1: in the Champions League.
2: I can't Wait, remember his but name. But it, it
1: seemed player. like it was going to happen, though. The way De Gea was, was playing, like, for, like, the past few seasons, it looked like he was just washed. Like, I don't know yeah, what's happening. And I don't and know. If and, even, and, then even you,
2: and then even you were like, Real Madrid, why are you still chasing this guy? Like, you were like, why? Like, he's you You were wondering, like, why is Real Madrid still chasing after this guy, even after
1: all the bad uh, showings he's been doing, all the bad games he's been having? Um, and it's not one of those things it, where you can bl- like, oh, no, it's not just his fault. It's, it's not his backline. There's the backline has its no, issues. There was, no, There's no, no issues. There, was, there was a but lot of shots. David De Gea had, had some far away. clear yeah, obvious ones that he should, he could it easily. Was, I mean, let us just go back to the to the like I think it was two seasons ago, Arsenal versus uh, Manchester United. Jaka just sends this ball in and it honestly was it bounced off right in front of the goal and David De Gea just looked at it and it went right past him. Like yeah, yeah. he shot an outside the box shot, which is cool, but let's be realistic. Any 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 other goalkeeper would stop that and you don't even have to be a good goalkeeper. Like you could stop. No, that. you just you just see it. You take that you take that side step It was real quick. such a Don't, slow shot, that too. That that was the thing. Like I'm like David De Gea normally makes those gets those stops. So yeah, like at this point, I thought like maybe David De Gea is broken. Yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, this I mean, season I mean, he's, he's found his form. This season he, he's yeah, found his
2: form. Maybe 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 it's just something that's going on. Like maybe it's just something even like I want to say maybe this whole time.
1: And even um, the mm-hmm. even the goals that David De Gea has given up. It's it's either it's just it's just such a good shot that he wasn't gonna stop it or it was clear defensive error. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just David De Gea. This season David De Gea has looked like David De Gea from Atletico Madrid.
2: Yeah, yeah. That those that was the day. Those were the days. And um what was I gonna say? So like I think maybe a move for Dean Henderson would be something Something that he needs it may not be something he wants because he may be like I want to stick with Manu, I want to stay home, but um, it may be something that he will actually need in order to get some playing time so he doesn't get rusty. Um, playing, especially in a different league, um, it's it's different altogether. Especially the Dutch league, and then it, it, let's put it this way: you, you go from EPL to the Dutch league, and you go back to the EPL. Um, it's going to be different for him, of course, because it's, it's too different. Basically, it's like either you're going to get more power shots in the EPL than you are in the Dutch league. I'm not, I'm not down. I'm not down talking to the Dutch league. The Dutch league has like, we have some creative plays that they make and then they end up shooting them or they end up, you know, trying to trick you, they chip you. They, they, they have, um, they have various kind of sorts of shots. But DPL is you literally have like the power, the powerful shots from outside the box or even in the box. Like they just try to rip it right in front of you. And, um, you know, so it, I think it would be a good experience for him if he goes to a the different, a different, league. you know, even just to get some playing time, he actually would be able to start.
1: No, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I think this, and it's Ajax, isn't? I mean, granted, you're going to be basically dominating their divisi, but it, I think it's a it's a good place for him to be playing because these guys, obviously, most of these guys eventually end up going and and play the next level, um, and I mean, usually pan out. I don't don't look at Don, Donny Banda Beek. but you know, usually it does work out for these guys. Like these, that, that's like the next step for them is to play in the Premier League or the Serie A. Um, And I think right now it's just that Dean Henderson needs to be playing because I think Dean Henderson can even Because if you think about it, like, especially with young goalkeepers that are in England, you know, he's competing with Aaron Ramsdale, which right now has been killing it for Arsenal. And I'm actually going to, you know, choose to eat my words now that Aaron Ramsdale is an amazing goalkeeper. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very hesitant with him because of the fact that he's been with two teams that has been relegated as he was the starting goalkeeper. But now I'm kind of thinking that maybe it's just because those teams were just that bad. Um, you know, I'm looking at you Sheffield feel united. Um, but uh-huh. you know, when at the same time, it's like he's he's looked so different in Arsenal. He's making these amazing stops, and and even though I'm trying to be as loyal as I am to Leno, Ramsdale has looked amazing, and I think also Leno has just kind of had like a really raw end of his of his deal, just because he's had so so such bad uh, back lines over his his time. And I'm not saying that Arsenal has a better backline, but it's been better than what they've had recently. So especially with Ben White and Gabriel, they definitely have stepped up being so young, but have stepped up pretty well. So I've actually liked what I'm seeing from Arsenal right now. I mean, clearly they're in fourth place right now. Uh, but Aaron Ramsdale is definitely a big factor as to why Arsenal has done so well. So I'm eating my words right now with with Arsenal. But yeah, kind of looking at those young goalkeepers, Dean Henderson and Ramsdale, they are competing for that number two spot and eventually being that number one goalkeeper for England. Yeah. So, so I mean, you got to play. He's playing at Arsenal. You got to play somewhere, and if you're going to play somewhere, play somewhere that's going to guarantee you Champions League spots, and that's Ajax. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think him going to Ajax would be would be the better move. Like I said, so he can actually get some play time. I don't think, I don't think it's going to, I'm not saying like, I really don't think he's going to have a hard time to to
1: take down the the current goalkeeper and to basically take his spot. Well, I think Ajax Especially, is probably doing this because their their goal, goalkeeper is set to be going elsewhere. I mean, yeah, that's, what, uh, like once again, Ajax, they know how their how their team is structured. They know they're going to lose guys, but that's the beauty of Ajax is that the next guy is just even better.
2: Yeah, they still find some way. Like they still find so, so some. So, Ix,
1: yeah. I'm sure it's because they gotta start preparing for when their guy leaves. And Dean Henderson, I mean, can easily just jump in and, and be that starting goalkeeper for Ix, and that looks great for him. That's a legendary club, has rich history. You're gonna be in the Champions League, and maybe maybe by that time, New moves on from David de Gea, they maybe have a buyback. If you if you move if you move on from de, uh, from Dean Henderson, you better have a buyback clause. I, I'm just going to put that out there because the second Dave, because David de Gea isn't getting any younger, he's going to have to move on elsewhere at some point. You go get Dean Henderson, who's prime and ready because he's been playing for Ajax. He's been playing in the Champions League. Bring him back, and you just you got yourself set. And I do believe he got the Van Der Star stamp of approval too, so that's a pretty good. And I think that's probably the reason why Ajax has been talking to him is because of Van der Yeah, exactly. So I think
2: I think it's gonna. Good.
1: But yeah, so we talked a lot about Dean Anderson. Well, kind of a mixture of Dean Henderson and David De Gea. So we'll move on, and we'll move on to everybody. The reason why everybody's going to start becoming a San Diego Wave fan, and that is Alex Morgan has made the move to the San Diego Wave, the new expansion club in the NWSL, along with Angel City FC, who is also part owned by my girl, Becky G. So uh-huh. they did their expansion draft. I don't think that there, that Alex Morgan was part of the expansion draft but she is part of now San Diego Wave. Um, unfortunately, my favorite player in the Houston Dash, Christy Mewis, was part of that expansion draft. She went to San Diego Wave, but then she got uh, transferred over to Gotham FC, which still sounds so fucking cool. But, um, but <laughs> now, you know, so my, my, my homegirl, Christy Mewis, is now playing for Gotham FC. I'll still be rooting her on. Unless she's playing uh, Houston Dash, and then that case, I might have to try not to root for her. But you know, but we're talking about Alex Morgan. Everybody's everybody's love. Everybody's you know, focus. I'm sure Edward's about to go online and get himself a San Diego Wave Alex Morgan jersey as we're speaking right now. Um, <laughs> because yeah, let's everyone's buying an Alex Morgan San Diego Wave jersey.
2: Pretty much. So I remember when I was like, "I'm gonna marry that chick," and, like, no. and then she marries yeah. like the
1: the least well known soccer player possible, uh, which awful moved by her, by the way. She's yeah, like, "I'm yeah. gonna make sure I'm the star in this relationship." <laughs> like, no, you're moving. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That, that's the whole. That's that's the 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 hard part. <laughs> But yeah, so congratulations to Alex Morgan. Uh, San Diego Wave, I'm sure is gonna be a team that everyone's gonna keep an eye on in the NWSO along with Angel City FC. Uh, yeah, as the NWSO is expanding, so that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, definitely, wanna we, we're definitely gonna we're gonna do some things with Woso digital media to especially when the season comes up, you know to like hear her thoughts on it. but yeah, totally excited. Um, but moving on, man, speaking of, of things that came up this this past weekend, uh, Spider-Man: No Way From Home comes out in theaters. When we record this, I haven't seen it yet. But by the time this episode drops, I have already seen Spider-Man: No Way From Home, and uh,
2: my God, what a, what a film!
1: What I a film! That we're seen it yet. Well, by the time this episode drops, who knows? But <laughs> what a film! Yeah, I got there. work
2: all this week, and
1: that's my that's my yeah. that's my review of of Spider-Man: No Way From Home. What a film! Quite uh, the film of a generation. Hand that Oscar over to Tom Holland, or Toby Maguire. I don't know. I, don't <laughs> no, spoil it for me. No, no. Yeah, Apparently, Vin Diesel's you. also in the movie. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so speaking of, of Spider-Man: No Way From Home. So Tom Holland, he, for those of you know, he play, he's the he's the he's Peter Parker. He plays Peter Parker in Spider-Man: No Way From Home. He's one of the Peter Parkers. What? <laughs> Okay, I, I, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop doing that now. Anyways, obviously, I haven't watched the movie yet. If you guys think I actually watched the movie at this point, like <laughs> you haven't heard, heard what I just said. Anyways, so Tom Holland, um, he was at the Ballon d'Or ceremony. Don't know why, but he had he got a ticket. Um, he was there along with his uh without along with Zendaya, but they went to go to the to the uh, Ballon d'Or ceremony, and he caught he he spotted Mbappe. And he made a plea for Mbappe to join Tottenham and Mbappe laughed.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I like just straight I up just that. laughed in his that. face. He just laughed. Yeah, he just laughed. He just laughed at him. I Actually, mean, as a matter of fact, he said it's th- possible. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, <laughs> I think I think I think look 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 like I think that laugh was more of like a chummy laugh, but at the same time it's like a like oh that's ridiculous, bro! Like kind of like that. And then that was that was off.
1: Uncle Phil laughing when when Will told him, "What are we gonna do?" Yeah, and Uncle much. Phil just starts laughing. He's like, "He said we." <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, yeah, freaking Mbappe basically just trolled uh, Tottenham, which I love. Officially, Mbappe is my favorite player of all time. Now he, he did <laughs> he did something that I love, which is he did that. He trolled Tottenham. So yeah, fuck you, Tottenham. Even if you have Tom Holland as your fan. Which is a pretty cool fan to have. But no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a special guy, man. But but GG Gigi, Gigi Mbappe. Gigi. <laughs> moving on to it's, it's moving on to Tottenham's rival. Arsenal are interested in Ianis Stoika, who is apparently the Romanian Mbappe. I don't know how this is the weirdest transition ever. We went from Mbappe and Tottenham, but now we're <laughs> Where the, the first of all, everybody knows that you, if you call anybody the something, whatever amazing player we have currently at the time, it's, it's a kiss of death. Like, how many, how many of the next messes have panned out? So, <laughs> one, super yeah, early ready. to be having the next Mbappe, because we still don't know what Mbappe is going to be, um, even though he's been amazing. But we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Maybe maybe Mbappe starts playing bad in the future. Maybe Erling long starts playing bad in the future. They're they're still so young in their careers. They're not set yet. Um, wait till they're like in their 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 late twenties before we start saying who's the next whatever. But yeah, just just stop with the kiss of deaths. Just let the, let let Stoica be the next Stoica. But um, but yeah, Arsenal's interested in Stoica. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I have never watched this kid play, so I can't tell you anything. But uh, I like yeah, his name. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I like his name, Stoica. It's a fun Stoica. name to say. You know? It sounds aggressive. Stoica. He's from a unique country, Romania. He's probably going to be playing for the national team. I mean, I just assume. at least in FIFA, in FIFA games, he'll be getting called up to Romania. But, but yeah, so, so Arsenal's looking to get the Romanian Mbappe. Because let's face it, they can't afford the real Mbappe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, moving on. Uh, Barcelona want Alexis Sanchez as a replacement for Sergio Aguero. Oh, I don't. I mean,
2: he was he was good. I mean, as a winger back then. I, I just I don't see that. I I just don't.
1: It's a head scratcher for me.
2: Yeah, like he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not. It's just Barcelona right now. at This time does not need him to be up there. Like right
1: it's now, it's like how is he a replacement for Aguero? Aguero's a forward. Alexis Sanchez is a winger. Unless at this point, where his like, age, he has to be, he has to be, he has to a striker, and then he has to play like
2: that uh, Lukaku kind of style, where he's just shielding the ball. No, he doesn't have the, the size body. for that. <laughs> I know, but that's the thing. It's like. He doesn't have the strength,
1: but at the same time, it's like,
2: you're right. Like, not the he used to depend but. more on his
1: finesse than really
0: anything yeah. else.
1: But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's going on. Uh, moving on, uh, Diego Simeone is open to selling Jao Felix. So we can definitely say the Jao Felix experiment didn't work out too well.
2: Yeah, and we, we, we both thought that, you know, by him playing under Luis it's like, with
1: him coming back, like that. you know, we, and I think we, we definitely said it like Jao Felix needs to do something like he, and I mean that's kind of like I get because you know in reality uh, Atletico Madrid didn't really make any massive signings aside from I think they got Depaul, um, which I just remember that Depaul is in Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah, but Jao uh, Felix, he's 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 the missing piece for Atletico Madrid to have like a, a an era of just success in Atletico Madrid. Madrid's a good, Alec Madrid is a good team. I'm not trying to like diminish it. Their, their defense is so good. Um, I mean, aside from what they, the, the recent game they played, but they're a really good team and, and they're missing to something. And it's like, they can't depend on Suarez for so long. Cause I mean, Suarez isn't, he, he's not young. Like, that's just uh, the truth. Not. Jao Felix is supposed to be your future. Um, Correa, I mean, Kind of did like a, literally, I did an overreaction on him because I thought Angel Correa was just going to just turn this league up a notch. Apparently, I was wrong on that one. But yeah, Jao Felix has been the player that we've been hoping to see. He's going to do something. You know, he's that bright future. He's supposed to be the, the next for Null, though. Like I told you, it's a kiss of death. Like <laughs> it really is a kiss of death for these guys when you call them the next, whatever. But, um, but Jao Felix, he's supposed to be the next big thing. and he's been quiet since leaving Benfica. Yeah.
2: He did, he did like little things here and there. It just wasn't like the same stuff that he was doing at Benfica. Like he, just his name alone was actually like, Oh damn, like this is a kid that you're going to want to watch out for. But then he didn't
1: really show all of that. Exactly. Exactly. So it was the inevitable. Maybe, maybe Arsenal will get some, um, I mean, his value definitely dropped. So, Arsenal, go get him. Jesus Christ, I'm hurting my eye. Anyways, um, moving on. Speaking of older players going to Barcelona, uh, Edison Cavani has been offered a transfer move to Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Actually, he's accepted Barca's offer. Mm Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about that?
2: I guess, honestly, I think that would be a better replacement than Alexis Sanchez for a cool. I I completely agree because I think uh, Cavani has that. Like Cavani has that. Uh, I still remember that goal he made for Man U, where <laughs> they just passed it to him and he just shot it. He condensed it in and the goalie was out. It oh, was that moment before out of the box.
1: That was like the game before Ronaldo came back, and then that was it. For yeah, him. yeah. The comeback. Yeah, I that's, remember
2: that. Yeah. I was like, man, I was like, that was an insane goal. Mind you, it's like Cavani has that mentality already, like, where he's just like, okay, I know where I got to be. You, you know, know what? And that,
1: that? that aggressiveness, I think, is what Barcelona definitely needs right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would, that would actually be a huge, that I would say, an, even, that's right even an then. upgrade from the pie. So, yeah. So I think it would be a smart move for Barcelona, especially if they're trying to. Slowly rebuild. Kavai is going to be a cheaper option, just because it's not really going to cost you much. So it would be smart on them on the finances side, and uh, I don't think Erling Haaland is like realistic for Barcelona. Like I said, I mean, yeah, you already know what I said. <laughs> so yeah, so there's that. Uh, Manchester United in talks with Marcio star, Boubacar Kamara. So Manchester United are looking to to bring in some more promising players as well, uh, bringing in a defensive midfielder. I believe that this is kind of. I, I hope that no one's been saying this, but I believe people have been saying he's like the next Pogba. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Please stop doing that. Like, just, just stop. Just stop. Just. This is Kamara.
2: I think. I think Kamara is a
1: player on his own, right? Yeah, just, just let these guys just let these guys develop and be their own thing, you know. Like, stop calling Christian ballistic unless the next landed Donovan one. He's already surpassed him. So yeah, <laughs> just 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 stop. Just stop. Just like just just stop. Let these guys be. Yeah, but I think it would be a a, a great addition to Manchester United because he, um, I think he's been definitely a highlight of Marcio. So yeah, it would be a good
2: addition, man. And
1: then then we'll wrap this chance for watch with Real Madrid has entered the chat for Erling Haaland, at least officially. (laughs) (laughs) Are officially in the race now for Erling Haaland. They're going for it. They're going to get Mbappe and Erling Haaland on this team. Somehow put them guys on the field with with Karim Benzema. They're somehow going to figure it out, but they're going for it. They're going guns blazing. The backline is fine. The midfield is somehow okay. And somehow they just want to Say fuck you and just add like two of the best upcoming strikers in the in the league, and just 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 wreak havoc for years and years to come. This is literally the only way to beat Xavi, by the way. When Xavi figure uh, when Xavi finally figures out Barcelona, this is literally the best way to beat Barcelona is by going yeah. to get the two best players in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And even then, I mean, you got might not even. even be- <laughs> Especially yeah, once, Think about how much money they spend to go get these two guys. Then they can't get. They don't have enough money for anything else. I mean, I mean, look what
2: happened to PSG. I mean, PSG has all these players, and they still can't get a, uh, a Champions League trophy.
1: Well, they didn't necessarily get the best players in the world, because obviously they're all playing in Bayern Munich. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what about now? What do you think now? PSG. Yeah. Now they got guys past their prime. No offense to Messi. <laughs> for Sergio Ramos, Sergio Ramos. I love Sergio Ramos. But Sergio Ramos ain't healthy. Messi is some slowly but surely finding form. Slowly? Um I mean Neymar's there and Mbappe wants to leave. Angel D Maria seems to be a gem somehow. Because I'm, I'm not saying that to be mean. I just think I have to I mean, at some point, age has got to catch up to him, right? Or maybe he just looks like a baby that they did. Like they're just like, oh, we'll just let him be. But um,
2: bro, he's skinnier than I am, man. But yeah, he's got better skin than
1: I. Am. Can I do this for sure? Yeah, he he he's, he's he's an ageless wonder too. Yep. But yeah, man. So but yeah, Real Madrid has entered the chat for Erling Haaland. So interesting uh, turn of events there, but. Nothing's gonna be official until January starts off, where we're gonna see the moves. But there's the transfer watch for this week, and uh, we'll get going with headlines. And we're gonna co- we're gonna start things off with my club, Arsenal, and that is Aubameyang is no longer the captain of Arsenal. Oh damn! All right. So first, before before we get going with this, I just want to make it clear: I never felt Aubameyang should have been a striker. I mean, a striker, I've a <laughs> captain. A captain (laughs) should have not been a captain, and the only reason why I say this is because Obama has never shown me the traits of a true captain. To be honest, though, I think the reason why he was he was given the captain's armband for Arsenal, which seems at this point to be a curse. If you really think about, like every Arsenal captain that has passed, uh, they either leave or they just don't pan out, Um, or they just don't play. But and with me, with Aubameyang, the reason why I feel like he was given the captaincy was just because of the fact that he was one of the older players on the team. But mm-hmm. for me, his maturity level has never been great. Um, and and once again, I love Aubameyang. I think Aubameyang is such a fun player to watch. I do believe that he is a he is something that uh, Arsenal depends on, does need to depend on to win games. Because when when Aubameyang is scoring goals, you know Arsenal is going to win. But as a leader. And then I, this also goes to my bias, and everyone knows this: that I just don't like seeing strikers as captains. Even yeah. though Raúl's the the exception to the rule, I'm just not a fan of striker because I mean strikers aren't don't see the whole field, or they ideally don't see the whole field. You know what I mean? And also, uh, also, uh, no offense to Kareem Benzema as well because he's a great captain as well. But I tend to not like strikers as captain. Weirdly enough, some of the teams that I like, uh, the striker is the captain. But. um... For, for me i just like someone that's like either a midfielder, a goalkeeper or a defender just cuz they see the field a little bit more. They see the they see the larger scheme of the field instead of just that one sector of the field. And so that's probably my little bias into it. It may be stupid, maybe wrong, but i also don't like the idea of giving the older player the captaincy because they're the older player. I think whoever if you if you feel this person has a good leadership trait, you give them the captaincy. Um but i just never thought bombing was a captain and, at all. Cause I mean, he just isn't mature. Is he a fun player to watch? Is he, does he, his antics and all that is great. I love it, but I, he doesn't, I, I wouldn't call him a leader. And I mean, clearly Arteta didn't. There's been like a clash between him and Arteta for a while now. Um, and I mean, there's some disciplinary issues that has been having, happening with Obameyang. I don't know what the issues are exactly. Cause I don't know. I've been looking everywhere and I just still can't find it. Um, but clearly, there's an there's a conflict between Aubameyang and Arteta, and but I'm not against the decision of of stripping the captaincy from from Aubameyang. I still would like to see Aubameyang in the field, but he's been a he's been a massive disappointment lately. He just hasn't been able to score goals. There's I, I think there's something something's bugging him, and I think it's been the conflict between him and Arteta that he's just hasn't been the same player for a while now. And uh, weirdly enough, now. For at least recently, we've been seeing Lacazette take the captain's armband now. He like, he's been playing a little bit more games. Um, which he's kind of also been rumored out the door for Arsenal. So I think it's kind of weird that you give this guy the captain's armband, even though there's rumors that are circulating that he's possibly leaving as well. Or are you telling us that Lacazette is now officially has a position for Arsenal? I, I really don't know what's going on, but because of that I feel that this could be meaning that Obama could be out the door in January.
2: I think I think that's probably the case, man. And yeah, uh, honestly, it's just. Um, and, and this yeah, isn't about the captaincy either. Me. I just
1: think that there's something going on between him and Arteta that, at this point, is just best to move on. And that sucks. I I love Obami. but I mean, if, if it's not working out, you know, just it's time to go. For for the, for both for both sakes, for you know for Arsenal's sake and for his sake. Let him go somewhere else. Let him go do his thing elsewhere. I know he's been rumored with Barcelona too. Weirdly enough, um, I guess if you're just an older striker, Barcelona wants you right now. Uh, I think bombing like it's that's how it's been. Yeah, but yeah, like what, what were you saying, Erwin? No,
2: I'm saying like that's how it's been like
1: uh, from Barcelona. I mean,
2: I've been hearing rumors from Abou Yang for a while now. I'm like, oh, he's gonna would, go would you like bombing? Uh, I don't know, man. Right now, not not at this time, honestly. Because I, I don't think you, I don't think you, I think he would clash with Xavi, honestly. Okay. So, and the way that Xavi wants to build stuff up, he wants like, literally precise, uh, specific players.
1: Yeah, um, a bombing is a guy that, that you just gotta let with. him go. Like, just <laughs> let him go and just let him do his own thing, basically. Yeah. Honestly, reunion, like, that's what he creates. I, I would say a reunion with Tuco, but that would also mean he would have to go to Chelsea. So that's uh, not yeah. what I want. Uh, <laughs> um you know, he he scored. Well like no no, because he he was wasn't thin. with Tuco. He was with Klopp. Yeah, he was with Klopp. And I wouldn't want that reunion either. That's even <laughs> that would probably kill you more. <laughs> as long as he doesn't go to Tottenham, honestly. But but if, if it goes to Liverpool, Liverpool is just that would just be unfair. But then again, you got Man City on the other side. and At least if there's going to be one end, that's going to be unfair. At least have two unfair teams, I guess. But um, well, I mean Chelsea's unfair too. So,
2: so that's how you see it. Unfair teams.
1: Look, you, did, did did Chelsea need Lukaku? No, they got him anyways, but they, they didn't need him. Um. Did Liverpool really need Diego Jota? No. But they got him anyway. Did Manchester City really need Jack Realish? No. But they got him anyway. That, <laughs> you
2: see, yeah, that that is that is ridiculous to be honest. Like <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what to I don't know what to
1: say. To that Chelsea's one. got Saul and he's not even playing. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was like, Saul, Saul is like They got old Just say they got old. They said literally, that's all. That's what Chelsea did. Chelsea wanted to cripple Atletico. That's what it was. Yeah, they must. Diego Simeone must have done something to Chelsea. (laughs) I don't know what, because I mean they beat him. but I mean like they did something. But yeah, but any, but anyways, to to wrap things up with bombing, um, I I never saw him as a captain, um, but I mean he was a great player. Um, for, it's unfortunate. That the, I think it's more so the conflict between him and Arteta that's really what's going to push him out the door. But uh, uh, he hasn't really been working. He hasn't been performing that great. Um, and I mean, if you're looking to go get yourself a striker, just move on from a bombing and get yourself your striker that you that you really do want to bring in. Um, so that, there it is that. Yeah, pretty much. All right, moving on to the <laughs> next topic. So uh Conebol is set to enter the UEFA Nations League. Oh yeah. Honestly that's pretty exciting. So this was announced that it's set to be to begin in 2024 where uh the the 10 Conebol members will be joining UEFA in their Nations League tournament. If you guys remember the Nations League is basically a tournament that FIFA forced onto the to the confederations. I believe Conebol never decided to do one. But um it is essentially just a, a a substitute to just not just having friendlies. So you now you're playing a game with purpose. You're not necessarily just you know you're still you're gonna try out different players when you do these callos, but now you have a competitive reason to play a game instead of just having a random friendly against Ghana. Um, so I do like the Nations League because of that. And uh, but yeah, so way for the that they're gonna bring Cominbol into it. Now it is, I believe that the games we played in Europe. So there would not be any travel, at least if there's any travel issues, it's mainly going to be for South American teams. But let's be realistic. Most of the South American countries, their players already play in Europe. So it's not that much of a hassle when it comes to travel. If anything, it benefits the players that already play in Europe because now they don't have to deal with jet lag and all that because they're already in Europe. So, so I think it's a pretty smart move for them. But I will tell you this, Edward, the reason why I think it's, a little cheeky of them doing this, but I think, I, but I love to see it. Is that this is because it's set to begin in 2024. This conflicts with FIFA's hopes of holding the World Cup every two years. Yeah. Um... And, and, and if you guys want a little bit more of a reason, what might, what's behind my theory? Comnibol and UEFA have both stated it very clearly. They don't want the World Cup to be held every two years. And who decides to join the Nations League? The UEFA Nations League? Comunable.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if Comunable really wanted to, they'd try to join forces with CONCACAF. They didn't. They went to UEFA. Well, I
2: mean, with CONCACAF, I think they did it once with uh, Copa America. I mean, Copa, they, and Copa Copa America, America join
0: forces.
1: Yeah. I I get what you're saying. I I totally get what you're saying. I'm just saying that, like, obviously these two team, these two confederations are set to rebel uh, against FIFA's idea of doing a bilennial World Cup. And what better way than to say, hey, no, we're, we're doing your Nations League idea and we're going to start in 2024. What's, what's, what's FIFA going to do at that point? Um, but the other thing, the the other thing that I want to throw out there as well, another, Another theory of mine, and Edward, tell me if I'm being crazy or not, is, sure. um, well, Messi did win the Ballon d'Or, which many people felt that it should have gone to Robert Lewandowski or Giorgino. Um, I thought it was Lewandowski. Well, yeah, but me too. Um, but if you have the Nations League, you played the South American teams in there. Let's be honest, majority of the South American teams are probably not going to go deep in the nation's league, especially against the European teams, especially with the ones that are up there. Cause there's, I feel like there's a lot more top European national teams versus the South American teams. I mean, let's, Brazil and Argentina are probably the two ones that will compete very well. But when you're taking on an Italy, a Belgium, uh, an England, a France, a Spain, a Spain, a Portugal, uh, you can probably list a lot of countries, but anyways, there's a good chance that a European team is still going to win the UEFA Nations League. And, you know, now you don't can't use that. Oh, well, Messi won Copa America over a player like Giorgino, who also won an international trophy, won the Champions League. Like if you were going to go with the whole trophy th- uh, theory when it comes to winning the, the ball in the oar. Yeah, and maybe now you're going to say, "Well, Jorginho won the won the won the, the the Euro." Clearly, the Europe the the UEFA national teams are superior to the to the teams. You should rate the Euro more than the, than Copa America. I think that the, that UEFA is doing that so that way they can say, "See how much better we are than Argentina. See how much better we are than Brazil." We should have had a, our players should have been the ones winning the ball, or not Messi.
2: I mean, to me, it just sounds like a conspiracy that you're, you're thinking there is, uh, personally, I, I don't know. I can't honestly tell you, but, uh, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. It, it
1: helps strengthen their argument though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I digress on that one, but uh, essentially, Eric, how do you feel about Comnopole joining UEFA? Cause I do have my concerns that what if the UEFA teams? just overpower a lot of these first of all it's going to help build more competition for the, the South American teams obviously because they're going to be playing more with better with better talent but um, I mean it's not going to do well for, it's kind of the same thing like how people say oh what if we had you know CONCACAF play against the Comet Nepal teams and it's like well El Salvador is going to lose to Ecuador like it's just going to happen you know El Salvador is going to get destroyed by Brazil it's just going to happen Guatemala is going to get their asses kicked by Uruguay. That's just what's going to happen. Well, Ecuador is going to get their asses handed by Scotland. Okay, maybe not Scotland. Um, Portugal. You know, like, so their teams are going to be clearly beaten from, you know, obviously and we're talking about those smaller South American. Bolivia, I'm sorry, Bolivia. But <laughs> uh. hopefully you get paired with uh, Kazakhstan. I don't <laughs> Cause, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be rough for Bolivia. It's gonna be rough. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do for Bolivia. Like, what do I tell Bolivia? It, it's just not gonna be a good. It's not gonna be fun for you. It's not a fun tournament for Bolivia.
2: And we're mm, no, I know. I'm I'm thinking because I'm like, mm, Bolivia does have a decent squad. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Oh my God, they're gonna get far. I, I'll be honest. I don't think they'll get out of the group stages. But um, I do, however, think like if you were to face them against, like you said, I mean, Guatemala, El Salvador, you know, Honduras, like Central America teams. Uh, I think Bolivia will actually do pretty, pretty good. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about UEFA. I know, I know, but I'm like since you brought up the conversation, how well, that's about what I'm saying.
1: Is, that's what I'm saying, though. Like when you, when you thought about Comuna Bull versus Concacaf, mainly the the Central America, the, the Central American Caribbean part of Concacaf, because I think you know Canada and USA and Mexico will be able to hold their own. Yeah. But when you look at when you look at the other teams, the, the, Central, the Central American, American teams, teams, teams and, and even Jamaica, yeah. Jamaica would probably struggle. Um, uh, uh, maybe maybe. Play very well against, against Bol- I don't think, Bol- I think, I think it has a fair shot against Bolivia. A fairer shot compared to Brazil, but, you know, still a fair shot. Um, but like when you look at that for the other side, for Colombia the Bulls, like it's kind of like how Conca Cap would look at Colombia Cominibol. vs. Bulls. Comin' is going to look at for that way because UEFA does have the better. And I think it's mainly a finance thing for me too, because the facilities obviously are better. It's like Argentina still has issues with their flight arrangements. So like, <laughs> You know, that's like nothing for, for Portugal. So, I mean, like, so there is some clear, a, a clear class issue with, with, with going to bowl into UEFA. Now, like I said, Argentina, they're going to do well. Brazil, they'll do well. Uruguay, depending, but I think they'll still be able to compete fairly well. Colombia, it's a hit or miss. Um, Paraguay could probably be a surprise, but I think they'll they'll, they'll have some issues. Um, Ecuador going to have some issues. And and I think now when you're listening like the lower ones, those are the ones that are gonna be playing in South America, playing in Mexico, playing in the MLS. Whereas, you know, obviously Argentina, Colombia, Brazil, Uruguay, Chile, like they have players playing in Europe.
2: That's true. I mean, they I mean, okay, let's put it this way. I'm pretty sure, you know, Chile, um, Bolivia. Paraguay, like they do have players in Europe, just not in the major teams, just maybe Second Division England, um, maybe the Scottish Premier League, um, even even maybe in Japan, you know, like little little things like that. Um I I could see where, you know, yeah, some, some players, you know, might not even get to see too much playing time. Or even there won't be the ones that are um how do you call those like the what's that word the the, the selected I guess the call that, those, was, yeah the college yeah there you go like a few of those won't get called up because they're not in that first tier teams of like DPL Serie A La Liga kind of stuff when they're here from South America. Um, yeah, so
1: I th- I think my only concern is that we're probably not going to see many Copa teams lifting the UEFA Nations League, is what I'm saying. Um especially with some of like the powerhouses that are in, are in UEFA. You know, you just, just got to look at the FIFA rankings, most of them are European teams. Um do I think I think I think obviously Argentina, and Brazil are probably like the your best shot if Copa is going to win an UEFA Nations League. But I mean even then, you know, Against an England, against a France, against a Spain, against, uh, against a Belgium, against a Germany. I, f- I don't know why I forgot about Germany, but, you know, against a Germany, against an Italy, like there's more superior UEFA teams than there are superior Commonwealth Bowl teams. And that's going to be that, that, that cut off. Like, oh man, if, if, if both of them are on the same side of the tournament tree, that's going to be rough for, for someone to represent Commonwealth
2: in the in the final, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, it's hard. Um, damn, like I, I don't
1: quite know, honestly. I I think, um, lo- I, like I said, low key, I feel like this is a way of his way to to alpha compatible, specifically Argentina and spe- specifically Messi. The, I mean, it's a conspiracy, but I think there's some backing to it. No, I, I understand that. It's just, I'm trying to think if
2: even Brazil or Argentina or Uruguay would be able to make it to the final. And I, that's that's the one thing I'm, I'm like trying to, I guess, use numbers, kind of approach it scientifically. Um, like, I guess, tactically. Um, I and mean, that's where I'm like, it's hard to see that. To see that 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 where are even Argentina with Messi making it to the final against uh, Portugal, Spain, Italy, England, like those teams are. Like, I don't know, and that's that's a tough one. That's why I was like, I don't, I don't think I have one to choose if I had to. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a, it's a hard one for sure. All right, we'll go ahead and move on from it. There's like so many questions to be asked about that about how they're gonna set that up, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting what happens with Comuna bowling in the UEFA Nations League because I'll be watching it for sure. But um, we'll see. And the last headline, Edward, is Paris FC versus Olympic Leon oh, and um, yeah. I don't know what to say at this point. Just uh, the French league just has the craziest fans I just think. like what the fuck, France? like what the fuck? like what is wrong with you guys <laughs> you can't just be like I don't know saying civil like don't be like you, you know go yell at the players like you know do your chance, you know say tell someone to fuck off you know like I get all those things, but <laughs> and I like the pattern now it's like attack a player. Attack the attack another fan. Attack a player. Attack another fan. This is the trend now for for 1. The next incident is going to involve them attacking a player. Is for, if if the if the pattern continues, this is like Jesus Christ. And this game was abandoned at halftime, so at least it wasn't like four minutes into the game like last time. I'm probably I'm probably over exaggerating at that point, but it's at the same time I don't think I am, uh, but. Oh yeah, and and this involves fan on fan. Uh, the fans invaded the pitch again, uh, and a fight breaks out, and it got spilled onto the field. I believe what was happening was security and police were trying to break it, break things off. But as they were trying to break things off, it just kind of spilled over onto the field. You know, the officials saw that, and they're like, "All right, screw this, we're going to abandon this game." And this wasn't a league unmatch; is it was actually uh, Coupe de France, I believe. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think I think France needs to just not have fans in the stadiums now. It's like, I don't know what else to do. Like, it's just, it's just like I don't know what else to say. Like, it's just this is like I don't know what to do. Like, this is so, we're not we're still in 2021 now. Like, the season yeah. started in August. Like. We haven't even made it. We just got to the four month part. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I don't know. I, France is just something else. Apparently, like, I need to go to a, Fr- a French a uh, French soccer game because I need to see this in person now. <laughs> People are wilding out like it's a mosh pit in there. Is what it feels like. Oh yeah, it's it's really bad. Like, it's really bad. Holy shit, man! So, so how do you feel? <laughs> I mean, there's
2: just... It's, it, it's telling me that the French League is constantly going to be invade... Pit, there's going to be constant pitch invaders
1: in there. And, and, and I, I like, like the fun... It's not even the fun pitch invaders. It's just...
2: Not the ones that are looking for a hug. These guys are looking to punch somebody.
1: Holy shit, man. People are throwing bottles at people. People, you, you know, just fights. And they say Mexico's crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know now. I mean, when we, the last Me- League on Mexico game we saw, we just the, the highlight was a was a groom groom front and center in front of the game. This is not uh, the fourth occasion that happened in France. It's like you just gotta ban the fans. I, I think that like that's the only thing I can think of is just no more fans at the games. Y'all y'all wilding out too hard. Yeah, they're going crazy on it. Jesus
2: Christ! I mean, man.
1: I mean, I mean, I honestly don't even know. I'm I'm just speechless at this point. Like, I don't really, like, like I seriously have nothing to say at this point because it's just like, like, uh, I thought Americans were supposed to be the idiots. Like, it's, it's like I don't know, man. France is France is coming in. France said, "Hold my wine." Like Jesus Christ, man! What are it? What what's in that wine? I need to try this French wine. Apparently, it gets you pretty crazy. Apparently, I mean, I don't know, but. but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, France figures this out. Uh, Paris FC, man, just was this in Paris or was this in Lyon? I should probably check that. Let's
0: see, who was the host?
1: Wow, they're sure they're not gonna. Oh, they banned the they banned Leon supporters. Oh, wow. So I guess it was in Paris FC. What was it in Paris? Leon banned their fans from traveling to away games after cup tie. Okay, so yeah, this was in Paris FC. So, so I, I mean. That's a that's a that's a good call. You know, you're gonna start banning banning your friends from traveling over to games. That's a it's a safe bet, but that doesn't also change the fact about like fans throwing bottles at players. Uh, but good God! All right, well, I'm sure. I wonder what next year is gonna bring, Edward. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something.
2: It just it anything like what's been happening. I don't even know. This past year was crazy. Every month, something crazy happened. And now, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from January. Shoot,
1: <laughs> League One gets a break. Maybe they can take a break, find a hobby. Maybe, maybe go, go, go. Try, try to do something to to soothe that that anger that they have in that in those matches. So, hopefully, they,
2: they, they need a. They need to have like after after the game. If there's no fight, you know we'll. We'll do like we gotta start giving them
1: treats for for good behavior. Yeah,
2: like we'll be like, oh, we're gonna give out um, we're gonna give out um, I don't know, wine, like a, a bottle of wine. Cream, we're
1: gonna give creams. you a baguette. Uh, Cro- a baguette, a croissant, a croissant. croissant. We'll start giving out croissants after if you guys are are end, end up not fighting or not invading the pitch after a game. Well, free croissants for everyone. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the way to go, but all right, we'll move on. And it's time for our debate topic. Edward, our debate is brought to you by our official clothing store provided by Bonfire. So if you guys want to get decked out with a name FC hoodie or insert shirt, name FC shirt, long sleeve, uh, a crew neck, well, go ahead and check out our store at Bonfire. The uh, link is in our bio. You can go ahead and check the link tree. It is literally the first link that you see on our link tree. Go ahead and click there and start getting start representing Insert Name FC in style. And if you guys do, please take a picture, put it on social media, tag us in it so we can go ahead and share the world that you guys are repping with Insert Name FC. So thanks again to Bonfire for giving us a clothing store. And uh and hopefully we can we can get some fans rocking our gear. But Edward, our debate topic is. Where does Sergio Aguero stand in the soccer world? So, for if you guys have been living under a rock, Sergio Aguero has officially announced his retirement from playing soccer um, due to his health concerns. Um, had to make the hard decision of no longer playing uh, the beautiful game, and you know it took it, it got me to think. One, I'm I'm glad that he chose to retire, mainly because of the fact that obviously your health is your well health is first. I know you love this game and you've done so much for the game already as it is. But you know what? You know, you got to put your health first. Obviously, he has his family. Um, I'm sure the last thing his, his wife wants to deal with is not a loss because obviously her, her, his wife is, uh, Diego Maradona's daughter. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think one great, smart move by, uh, by Sergio Aguero. But, um, before we get to the topic, we're just, how, how do you feel about Sergio Aguero uh, announcing his retirement? Well, um,
2: honestly, I mean, I, I think I would have. If I was in his shoes, I probably would have done the same. Man. Like, you know, put my health before anything. And this is coming from a guy who plays a lot of soccer during the week. I mean, I can tell you. Um, I, I if, if, if anything like that happened to me, I mean, I, yeah, I'd be, you know, I'd be hurt. I'd be devastated. But you know, I, I'd rather have live for the long haul, and maybe I, I think he could still play, just in a not in a high-paced, high-pressure team. Maybe like a second-division team, or even go back to Argentina. I mean, I'm not saying Argentina. No, nah, the pressure in
1: uh, Argentina is something else. I would not go there. Well, yeah, I mean, going back
2: home and stuff. But I mean, maybe maybe playing in like a team where he's going to be a sub or something, like a super sub. Maybe then. Um, I, I, I much just alone.
1: don't think that I just don't think that's how Sergio Gor wants to play. I think he wants to put every every he wants to go out there and play every game like it's his last. I think that's how he's uh, always approached the game. He he's always approached
2: it to where he I think I think ever since that that first season he played with Man City and his goal was the goal that made them win the championship. He's played every game like that with like. Like with that heart, with that passion, where he just like waiting for that moment again,
1: like where he just wants to crush it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Once again, I mean, obviously, main thing is that he chose his health over, over the game, and that's honestly the right choice. I think. I know players that want to stay in the game. I mean, I'm sure he's going to stay in the game somehow. Don't know what, but I feel like he's going to find find something to do. Um, But with that being said, Edward. Where does Sergio Sergio Aguero stand in soccer? Like, where do you place him in in, as far as like your as whenever if someone ever had asked you, who was Sergio Aguero in your eyes? He
2: was one of the best strikers in our generation. And when he was in Atlético Madrid, when he was in Man City, then that's where he was mostly known for in those those two teams. Um, and I mean Argentina as well whenever he would go for international duty I mean everybody everybody was afraid I mean honestly would be afraid to, to stand in front of one of his power shots to be on like he was one of those he was basically like the the Rooney of uh, Argentina where I'd, like Rooney would go for that power shot I'm like oh, let me get out the way Um, he was also he would also create his own plays if he needed to you know so he was also there, but he was he was like that. He had that striker mentality, and like I said, I mean he 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 was one of those. He is one of those strikers that you know he causes fear on his opponents, but he also causes confidence and like you know uh, loyalty, reliability on your your teammates because of who he is or how he plays and. Because everybody basically, as soon as he he had the ball and he was one-on-one with the goalie, everybody was like, oh, okay, let me just... You know, this is going to be a goal. Like, I don't have to... Re- I'm just watching like like a fan. And, you know, fair enough. Like, there was times where he missed, but literally majority of the times, like maybe 90% of the time, that dude literally one-on-one, it's... That's in. Like, hands down,
1: that's in. No, yeah, um... This is where I'm going to conflict a little bit with you. Okay. Um, I think I think we'll remember Sergio Aguero. But I think future as far not like future generations but like maybe the younger generations at this time aren't going to view him, at, probably well, maybe some people might remember him, some people might not. And the reason why is cuz obviously You're talking about the era of Ronaldo and Messi, and I think he's going to be one of those players that get overshadowed by the Ronaldo and Messi era because of. Let's face it; those two are going to be up there in the pedestal. Those are that's Diego Maradona and Pele. Yeah, even though I believe Pele played a lot long, a lot, a lot way back than Maradona, but obviously, you know, that was the debate topic back in the day. Um, But I feel like he's going to be overshadowed by those two because um, I mean, if you really think about it, um not many people talk about a phenomenal Ronaldo. Uh he barely talk about Ronaldinho now. Um Kaka is gonna be someone that people are gonna forget about. And it's mainly because like, you know, he because of obviously his time in Real Madrid, but if you were an AC Milan fan, you you know who Caca is. You oh yeah. Kaká. Or Dude. if you're it's Brazilian same,
2: It's it's the same with uh with Alexander Pato. You know, I man, with AC Milan, that dude was cold. Brazil, cold. He couldn't stay healthy
1: in AC Milan. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't thought, know about no, that. He was
2: always injured and stuff, dude. He no, whenever he would come back, he would be scoring. It's just the injuries got to him. So no, but later, yeah, but what like, I'm talking about, Milan's
1: like on. like players like him. I mean, Pato definitely a pretty good example, but I think people are gonna forget about him because of the injuries. um But yeah. I think you know Lewandowski is gonna be a guy that people forget. I, I can guarantee you it. Um, and so like what I'm talking about, like, I, I guess talking about like that era that, uh, you know, obviously Messi and Ronaldo overshadowed because, you know, people are, people aren't going to remember Rick People aren't going to remember. Some people remember Ronaldinho, but some will kind of like, oh, well, he wasn't really that good. You know, Sergio Aguero, I feel like is going to be that guy that, um, unless you're a Man City, uh, I don't know if you're an Atlético, well, Atlético Madrid probably will too. Uh, Argentina, like those people are going to remember Sergio Aguero and know his value but like outside I think there's probably not going to be many people that are really going to recollect like oh yeah, Sergio Aguero was that guy and i, I uh, that's unfortunate because I think he was in fact that guy actually I think that Argentina should it would have been smart for Argentina to start him over Gonzalo Higuain Gonzalo Higuain is going to definitely be forgotten by the way
2: but um uh, Oh no! I think I think let me just put it this way: he's gonna be forgotten for like being a really good striker, but he will be remembered for the the misses that he got, where it was like clear as day, like literally. Also, the the whole, wasn't wasn't he,
1: fat? The anyways, wasn't he fat? Yeah, anyways, but uh, so I think where Aguero is gonna be, and I think he's gonna be in that spot with with uh, Cavani. Um, with Lewandowski. Some people are probably going to be mad at me for saying that, but with Lewandowski, um, with Desco, and that's going to be guys that are like, oh yeah, that guy was really good. Unfortunately, I think that's where he's going to be. Like, There's going to be, every once in a while, someone's going, hey, you remember Sergio Aguero? And it's like, oh man, I remember watching him play. Yeah, he was really good. But aside from that, he's not going to be someone that's like the first thing you think of in a conversation, in a debate about like great players from Argentina great players from Manchester City don't Manchester I wouldn't be shocked if Manchester City put a statue of him um you know cuz that's where he, that's literally what you know cuz he helped uh Manchester City be the club that they are so it's a little bit different if you're a Manchester City fan cuz you have so you have this connection with Sergio Agüero because of, he is the reason why there's so much success in Manchester City's history cuz he literally is Manchester City's history but like oh you know what Speaking of, of Atletico Madrid players, Diego Forland is probably like the best example for what Sergio Aguero is going to be. A guy that we all know is an amazing player, was so good, but no one talks about him.
2: There you go. That's a good one.
1: So I think that's where we that's where exactly what Sergio Aguero is going to be. He's a great player. He's talented. Everyone who saw him play knows how he can play, but he's just not going to be that guy that gets instantly remembered unless you're a fan of the club that he played in. Which, for this case, he is Manchester City's history. Yeah. Like, that's... What, for Lan? No, uh... <laughs> Excuse me. Ooh. Aguero. Yeah. Let's face it, like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Manchester City fans, but your team just became good. Like, your history book is literally, like, ten years ago. Yep. <laughs> when... When the oil money kicked in, I mean, even when you guys were poaching Carlos Tevez and Robinho, you still weren't that good. It yeah. wasn't until Pev Guardiola showed him he showed up, you got Sergio Aguero, you got uh, Vincent Company, when you started really building, buy, and let's face it, buying, not building, you bought the foundation that you got, and that's when the trophies started piling on. Um, and then the only thing that's really missing for this story for Manchester City is that, that Champions League trophy which, I think you're you're one Harry Kane away from getting it, but um, yeah, I said it, but uh huh, but yeah, but but kind of going back to Sergio Aguero, I once again I think it's gonna be a guy like Diego for a like, I'll even say like a like it'll take you a while to remember how good they were. It's not the first name that's gonna come off your head when you talk about like greats of the game when you grew up with, but as soon as someone drops their name, you're gonna be like. Yeah, that guy was good. Oh,
2: sorry, uh, with that cough, it kind of aggravated my
1: sinuses. Now, Ugh. okay, all right. Well, Edward, do you agree with me or do you you disagree? Because I know you were saying that he's a great forward, and I, I believe I agree with you 100. He's he's going to be one of the best strikers in the world. Um, just, he's going to
2: be overshadowed. He's basically going to be overshadowed. But the, always the, the debate that's still going on this day. Messi or Ronaldo? Who's the GOAT? Messi or Ronaldo?
1: Exactly. Notice. And that, honestly, it, that's it, what's going to happen for every other player. That's not that's not Mbappe and Erling Haaland. No,
2: that's the thing, though. Honestly, even now, like Erling Haaland and Mbappe are up and coming. They're up there. Um, everybody's still saying who's better, who's better. But the Messi and Ronaldo uh, debate is still overshadowing. Well.
1: Them it, to this day because one M- Mbappe and Mbappe and, and Erling Haaland they're only like what twenty two twenty one, mm-hmm. um uh, so the 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 Ronaldo Messi debate didn't start kicking in until like they were in their like mid twenties, you know so sure. like because when they were young I mean we saw what they could be but like you know we really didn't start that debate till they finally met in the Champions League final, which obviously Messi won but um. That's when the debate started coming in like who's better Ronaldo or Messi like because you finally had this test this, this like this example of who's really the better player I will say I think Barcelona was just that it was just a different level of good that year against against Manchester United because I don't think Manchester United ever faced a team like that Barcelona team because that Barcelona team was like as much as I, as much as I hate Barcelona that was an amazing way they played and they handed they handed Manchester United that game. They so they gave him lacking. It could it honestly could have been a lot worse. Like when I remember that that bar that first Barcelona Man U game, it could have been a lot worse than what yeah. it was. Oh yeah, because I mean Barcelona was totally the better team. Uh, there was no question about it about that game, and I don't think Ronaldo could have fixed that. So so okay, there is that.
2: Especially with the
1: especially with the flying fish, Messi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When he. The, just you just see this whole flock of hair just flying out of nowhere, um, but it, but yeah, I think right now it, I guarantee you once Mbappe and 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 Erling Haaland are in there like kind of more into going more towards their prime years, the debate's going to come in. And obviously right now Ronaldo and Messi are still playing. I'm sure they're close to retirement. They're they're a lot closer to retirement than continuing to play. Um, but I think once they're once Erling Haaland and Bob also it depends if Erling Haaland and Poppy are still playing well. That's all the, the big question because obviously we don't know how they're going to look like four years down the road. So you know I can't give you that I can't give you a definitive answer that that's going to be the goat debate. But if it continues to be the goat debate, by the time they're in their prime years, that's when we'll start having like the the real discussions, and then we'll everybody's going to forget about Ronaldo and Messi at least until someone brings up that debate again. Yeah, true, true, true. All right, man, so that is our debate topic. Obviously, it's posted on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at Insta Name FC. Go ahead and share your thoughts on that topic. And once again, thank you to Bonfire for providing us with the Insta Name FC clothing store. Make sure you guys go ahead and check that out. Once again, links are in the bio on Instagram and Twitter at Insta Name FC. We're gonna go ahead and take a break and then we'll get going with our game recaps. Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible? Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm
2: not sure about Audible?
1: Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash insertnamefcpodcast. Not only do you get the experience of Audible, but you'll also be supporting Name FC. I'm going to start my free trial right now. And we are back. All right, man. Game recaps. And what's your game to recap?
2: All right. So my game to recap is drum roll, please. That doesn't sound like a drum roll. That just sounds like a growling Chewbacca noise. That sounds
1: like Homer Simpson when he thinks of food. Hmm. Food.
2: Yeah, okay, that's it. Um, okay, so my game to recap is the Sevilla versus Atletico Madrid game, which the reason why I brought it up is because I honestly thought Atletico Madrid was probably going to win, but it came out the other way where Sevilla beat Atletico Madrid 2 to 1. So Sevilla had 55% of the possession and Atletico Madrid outshot Sevilla 15 to 6. And of course, the winning goal goes from Sevilla, with Lucas Ocampo scoring in the 88th minute.
1: Yeah, this game was uh, was really good. Um, Sevilla is... It, it was kind of one of those games where Sevilla is like, hey guys, we're still a pretty good team. Um, and, I mean, as a Real Madrid fan, happy to see that, because obviously that just kind of separates Real Madrid, especially after that terrible draw against Cadiz. So... <laughs> It's great to know that the Real Madrid still has their separation from Atletico Madrid. Um but yeah, I think it's just a really good performance by Sevilla. Uh way to stay way to stay on it. I mean, six shots only to have six shots and two two of them being goals. I mean, that's it's a good look for them. Um I don't know what's going on with Atletico Madrid, um, but they need to definitely turn it up a notch, especially going into that second half of the season.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's, um to me, it was like a surprising thing where I guess maybe I was expecting a lot out of Suarez and Griezmann, you know, Um but in the end, Sevilla came out on top, which I'm not saying is a bad team. Like I say, I always say it. I'm going to keep saying it. They're a scrappy team. They're that, they're going to keep fighting to the end kind of team. Like if they feel like if they have the, the passion for it,
1: the fight for it, they'll keep going. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but yeah, uh, Hector, what's your game to recap? So, my game to recap is the final USA, US men's national team, uh, game of the, of, of 2021 as USA beat Bosnia, Herzegovina, Covina one to nothing. Um, I believe that gives, uh, Greg Burhalter a record breaking 17 wins, I believe. Let
2: me let me double check that. We and we should have like a little commercial, like we will be, like, we will be right back. We will check with our fact checker right after this. And it's like, um, you know, have some music in the background.
1: Anyways, uh, <laughs> like yeah, so it is a uh, the record for most wins in a single year, which was seventeen. Um, and obviously, a part of that year also consisted of winning the Concap Nations League and winning the uh the gold cup so just and obviously doing really well and I believe another record was broken as uh uh Matt Turner ends up getting nine clean sheets which I believe either tied it or won it over uh Casey Keller. So he had I believe nine shutouts outs in the calendar year as well for himself. Um which this game was not the prettiest uh, game. So I, I know a lot of people want to be critical about this game. So USA had seventy three percent of the possession. USA also outshot ten to nine. They were all also Bosnia was down a guy because they got a red card in the sec, in the first half. Um, and then Cole Bassett scores on his debut. He actually comes in as a substitute. Scores in on his debut, the winner on the eighty eight ninth minute mark. Um, so for people that are being critical about the US men's national team for this friendly, by the way, um, against, and, and I think a lot of people would kind of be more critical because the Bosnian team, um, it was consisted of some of their young players as well, and these guys were playing in the Bosnian Premier League. Um, so that's their their league, uh, which apparently, from what some of the Bosnian people were saying, was this isn't even their best their best players, which, to be frank, this wasn't the best USA players either. Um, I mean, it yeah. was a collective of some of the MLS players. Obviously, we saw Ricardo Pepe, we saw um, we saw Christian Roldan. We saw, uh, uh, Kellen Acosta, Matt Turner, uh, Walker Zimmerman, Um, and then obviously a mixture of pl- some players making their, their debuts, like Brooks Lennon. Um, we did see, we did see, uh, uh, Reynolds out there. We did see eventually, uh, we saw, we saw, every, we saw uh, some, some players making their debuts. Cade Cowell made his debut, um, only played for like a few minutes. Uh but the big story was uh Jonathan Gomez, who is a player that has been has has been on a few camps with Mexico, has made a few camps with, with the US Men's national team, made his debut, his national team debut playing only five minutes, but hopefully could be enough to keep him with the US Men's national team. He currently plays in Racing Louisville in the USL, but he is actually set to be going to Real Sociedad. Uh actually I believe in January he's be, he'll be making his moves to Real Sociedad. Um, I don't know if it's in January or he's going to do that in the summer, but I just know he's going to Raul Sociedad. Um, so a really big move for him. Um, so it's a very promising player. Mexico wants him. USA wants him. He's a left back. It is kind of a position of need, uh, sort of. Not really, obviously, with N.C. Robinson there. But obviously you want to try to secure that player. Um But the the thing is for me is that obviously this, it's a lot of new names. Not new players are coming into this call-up that they had for this Bosnian game. So, I feel like my expectations were pretty low going into this game. Um, and so for me, they weren't going to get any, any good mojo with them. Cause obviously, if majority of your games, your midfield one consisted of Weston McKinney, Yunus Munsa, and Tyler Adams. And you're, this is like a completely different midfield. Cause you had, uh, Christian Rodan, Kellen Acosta, and, and Johnny Cardozo, uh, a guy that's currently playing in international. Um, and then you're, up, you're 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 you know up front. You had Ricardo Pepe, but you had different wingers on that area. Uh Because and then Jordan Morris made his return, which is great to see. Uh, getting Jordan Morrison back out there, uh, happy to see him go back with the U.S. Men's National Team. Hopefully, we see him a little bit more. Um, But you know, it was like, a lot of different players. You did it wasn't the typical U.S. Men's National Team that you were going to see, and mainly because obviously, you know, this wasn't a FIFA sanctioned break. You know, international break. So obviously. You know the teams in Europe don't have to send their players out there, so uh, so my expectations weren't really high. I didn't expect them to blow out this Bosnian team. Um, they got a, a late goal winner. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think I was going into this. Thing, oh, we're going to destroy Bosnia. So, um, but you know, no, I think I think they went in thinking like you know we're going to give you know we're going to give them a good game. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean. Was it a little bit under? I, I think this game, if anything, gave us more answers about the depth of this team. Then I don't think you could really get any takeaway from this game. Like, there's nothing that you can gain from this game aside from, okay, maybe we should stop calling up Christian Rodon. Um, Jordan Morris definitely deserves to be called up at, you know, called up with the rest of the guys. I think that's something that was definitely cleared up. Uh, Matt Turner is that guy. Um, so look out, Zach Steffen. Um, Walker Zimmerman, I believe deserves to get more call-ups. I mean, there's like a few things that you could take away from it, but most of it is just, we know who does, who should be getting more call-ups and who we should probably should stop calling up. And, uh, I, honestly, the first person I think of is Christian Rodan. I think we're, I think it's time for, to move on from Christian Rodan. Christian Rodan, if you're listening to this, I highly doubt it, but if you're listening to this, maybe, maybe switch over to El Salvador. Go join your brother. You know, <laughs> you know, we, we, we need you. We need you in El Salvador. USA is good. Or, or go play for Guatemala. I mean, so you got options, buddy. But USA, I think, I think, I think USA is in a different position versus when you were getting called up um, more often. I think, it's time, I think it's time to move on from Christian Roldan. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I and it was weird. I think Eric Winalda, uh, he he did like a rant about this game. I I don't think that there's nothing, to, like there's really nothing to criticize about this game and there's nothing to really give props to because this is literally a friendly with a lot of like, with a lot of guys that honestly, we're not going to see very often the US men's national team uniform against a team that isn't normally going to be playing for Bosnia, at least not right now. and And so like, there's really nothing to criticize. Like, there's nothing to criticize. There's nothing to give props to. This just—it it was a game between Bosnia and the USA. That's literally all I could take from it. I don't think if I can really be critical about Greg, Greg Burroughs or anything. I mean, congrats on breaking the record for you know 17 wins in a, in a calendar year. Congrats, but this honestly, this game, this game doesn't really count for much if, if you get what I mean.
2: Yeah. I know it's just, um, I mean, I, I like you said it yourself. I mean, um, it, it just goes to show how much depth the, the team has. And right now you, you poked a little bit of, of not fun, but you, you did tell Christian Ronald to go play for Salvador. USA is good. Um, <laughs> so I mean, hey, you know, more power to El Salvador if he actually decides to make the jump.
1: Yeah. I'm sure El Salvador is going to be thrilled for another, uh, Salvadorian American. <laughs> I mean, that's literally
2: Nationals. all their that's literally all their, their whole team players is just <laughs> American. I, I think they probably have like one or two that are literally born over there, and then everybody else is Salvadorian American. Hell, um actually, isn't there one that's Dutch salvadorian Like his dad's Dutch and his like oh' his mom's um, Dutch uh, and he, his dad's he, Salvadorian. He plays like,
1: and like he, he has like, he
2: does not have no a lick of Spanish, but he's he's there.
1: I know what you're talking about. Ah oh, man, he he is the defender. A- no, he's a. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Zavaleta? Yeah, I think that's him. He's really good, too. And he does not
2: look Salvadorian. Yeah, I know. He literally has that Dutch thing going. <laughs> like, he's like straight up, straight up East uh, European. Either it's Polish
1: or. Yeah, Eric whatever, you know. Zavaleta. He, he plays for Toronto FC. Yeah. So. Dang, he's 29 years old. Oh. Born um, in the United States, he represents El Salvador. well oh, there you go. Um, let's see. Let's see what Zavaleta the... oh, interesting. <laughs> Wait, he used to play for Chivas USA? Yikes.
2: <laughs> that's probably why we
1: never heard of him. <laughs> uh, let me see if his parents, family, personal life. Uh his father played professionally in the United States and was also a member of the El Salvador national team. No then Wow. Okay. So maybe that's not there's a there's another Salvadorian player. Uh he doesn't look Salvadorian either. But anyways. So but yeah. And I think fun fact about El Salvador, apparently like this guy has been doing some like some, like, random, like, they, literally some random guy just, like, was online looking for, like, guys that have, like, some sort of hint of Salvadorian in them that was playing, you know, playing in the MLS or playing in another league that El Salvador should go look after, and then El Salvador was like, you know what, let's hire this guy. <laughs> this is this guy just chilling in his computer one day, just really trying to, like, really looking at deeply, like, hey, this guy is good in Spain, but he doesn't play that much, let's see if be Salvadorian. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I, we're getting lost in translation, but yeah, congratulations for USA. They beat they beat Bosnia. They they set a record. Um, that's really all. You, that's the that's the positives that you can take from it. But the, honestly, this this game could have just not happened. No one would have cared. So <laughs> at least no one should have cared. I don't think I I, I literally I'm, I'm really saying this like as 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 much as I love the US men's national team, and I can to tell you this. This game doesn't really matter. Like honestly, if anything, it was just so. Uh, I guess uh, in some way for Greg Browall to break the record—that's all I really could think of. Um But I mean, there's so much promise with the U.S. Men's National Team, and that's like the part I can't wait. So I, it was cool to see—you know—cool seeing you Kate know, cool Cowell play. I, it was cool to see. um It was it, uh, Ricardo Pepe needs to needs to find some form, man. Um, but it was just cool to see some guys that you know you're kind of wanting to see them out on in the U.S. Men's National Team uniform. But aside from that, we know who's the U.S. men's national team. We like we all know who the guys are. So, if anything, it just solidified who we could probably bring into the World Cup if we qualify for the World Cup. Obviously, we've got knock-on wood on that one. But two, you know, who should not be getting called up? So, that's all you can really take from it. But anyways, yeah, those are the games to recap. And we'll get going with um, our our form of apologizing to the Europa Conference League. And we're going to go ahead and recap the Europa Conference League. Yeah, we're, <laughs> so um so little, little things to understand. So obviously they have a group, group format, group stages just like the, the Champions League and and the Europa League. Um for them though, the team that advances that is in first place of of their group advances to the round of 16 and the second place group advances to a knockout playoff round. So very similar to Europa League um where you know obviously the the second place teams take on the third place teams of, of the Europa League. So, just so you guys understand that, that's what it is. So, we'll go ahead and break down the groups. Um, me and I were going to like analyze these groups, just by the way, just because like there's some teams that we just don't know. Um, so, I'm just going to go ahead and just list out the... Uh, so, in Group A, in first place, you have LASK. Second place, you have Maccabi Tel Aviv. In third place, you got HK Helsinki. Uh, and in fourth place, you have Alaskirk. So, okay. Alaskirk. Oh, Okay. In group B, in first place, you have Ghent. In second, you have Partisan. In third, you have Anartosis Famagusta. And in fourth place, you have Flora. Okay. In group C, you have Roma. We know that team. Uh, First place. Uh, In second, you have Bodo Glimp. In third place, you have Zoria Lahansk. And in fourth, you have CSKA Sofia. In group D, you have in first place AC Alkmar. Know that team. Second is Randers. Third place is Jablonek. And in fourth place, you have CFR Cluj. Like I am just like, man, these names are really like, out there.
2: <laughs> you have to, you have to really
1: buckle down and try to practice reading them. In Group E, in first place, you have Feyenoord. Okay, I know that team. In second no. place, you got Slavia Prague. Know that team. In third, Union Berlin. I know that team. No, I know that team. In fourth place, we have Maccabi Haifa. Mm. Um, in four, in Group F, in first place, we have Copenhagen. In second, we have. Uh, PAOK, in third you have Slovan Brat- Bratislava. Try saying that four times in a row. Uh,
2: Slovan Bratislava, Slovan Bratislava, Slovan Bratislava, Slovan Bratislava.
1: Apparently, it's not that hard. And in fourth place we have the Lincoln Red Imps. That's a pretty cool name. <laughs> That's a cool name. I really like it. I wonder what their jerseys look like. I don't know. Let me see, Lincoln. <laughs> If is disappointing. I'm gonna be so mad. They have literally an imp on their badge. <laughs> that is cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, let me see their 2021, jersey. Okay, it's it's, it's kind of it's like an old school like AC Milan type jersey. Like it's got the stripes. You got the red, the red imp on the jersey. That's that's <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. I, I mess with this. I mess with these. Uh, I this is it's like this and sheriff are like two teams. That I'm like I kind of want to rock them. I kind of want to rock them. True. Yeah, I kind of want. I kind of do. Wonder what country they're based off. Uh, I don't know. Gibraltar. Gibraltar. And, okay, I'm I'm going way in too deep with this team. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, so they're in fourth place. <laughs> All that, yeah, they're in fourth place. By the way, um, so that's Group F, Group G. In first place, you have Staderenes. Second is Betis. Third place, Tottenham. We'll 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 explain what happened there. In fourth place, no. you have Mura, and in Group Eight, you have Basil in first, uh, Carabag in second, in third place, Ammonia. Okay, in fourth place, you got Kyrat. All right, so for those of you that are probably figuring out, well, like what happened with Tottenham, the Tottenham choke. So the issue was that uh, um, if you haven't, if you didn't realize what happened last last week, was a lot of play, games were postponed due to COVID. Actually, you probably if you if you watch NBA or NFL, a lot of a lot of shit broke out with this with this Omicron uh, variant that a lot of a lot of people just are getting COVID, and um, it did it did really deeply impact at least the sports leagues in America. Clearly, it impacted Europe as well. So a lot of the Premier League uh, matches were postponed uh, last week. I think the only game that was played on Saturday was the Arsenal Leeds United game. So and that was just Saturday. I think. The games on Sunday, I think all played were continued, but so I don't know how, when those games are going to be played. It's going to be like on a random Tuesday for all I know. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And, uh, and, and so Tottenham was one of those teams were impacted with COVID. And I guess they were trying to see if they could reschedule their game. Um, I, I believe it was against Rennes was the game that they were hoping to try to reschedule. Um, And, the you know, UEFA kind of was like, there's no way they could do it, especially when the group stages was kind of basically over. So, because Tottenham was unable to provide them a a team to play, or at least I guess they just chose not to, they went ahead and gave a 3-0 loss for them, which puts them in third place, which eliminates them from the the Europa Conference League uh, knockout rounds. Um, So, that's how Tottenham got eliminated from the the Europa Conference League. I guess before we go into, dig a little bit deeper into the rest of the tournament, Edward, how do you feel about that decision for Tottenham? Man, I don't know,
2: man. They, I feel like they kind of they, they got screwed over. I,
1: I, I definitely get that, like, they got screwed over, but it's like, you also got, like, it's like, if we postpone it, like, when do we postpone it? Because, like, you know, obviously they had to do the drawings, they had to do you know, that that it's like other things that it's a lot of conflicting schedules. They can't just wait on to, this this game for Tottenham in order to do the drawings for the knockout for this knockout playoff round. So like, as much as I feel that Tottenham was screwed because I feel like maybe they could have won because between between them and and Betizzi, it's only three points. So obviously, if they win, I'm pretty sure they got them over goal, on goal differential. So that would have helped them out to at least get that second place. they weren't gonna get it first. Or at least I don't think they would have gotten first. But True. as far they as... Would have,
2: they would, I think I think they would have had at least uh, uh, a, a fighting chance.
1: Yeah, they would have definitely had a fighting chance. So, uh, it's like I get that Tottenham got screwed but at the same time, it's like you, you, it's like the same thing with, I, like if we were looking at this in Champions League like I mean, they still got they got to do this draw at this date. They can't just wait for you guys to play that game because you know, You know, I'm not going to have you guys playing on Christmas. So, so, I mean, if you're on, like, you know, especially with these European tournaments, like, I get that you're, you're in, like, kind of like a really sensitive time slot that you really can't do those things. So it's a, it's a, it's a schedule conflict. So I can get why uh, UEFA chose to not, to just give them the loss. But yeah, it kind of sucks because obviously, you know, they, I'm sure they wanted to continue on this tournament. So, so there's my thoughts on that. But I mean, it, you know, what's done is done. Can't really say much else from it. I, I haven't heard any like, any like, you know, raids happening in Tottenham because they can't continue on in the conference league. So, so there's that. But all right, continuing on. So we're going to talk about. So here are the teams from the Europa League. Obviously, these are the teams that finished in third in the Europa League and are getting sent down to the Europa Conference League. And those teams are Marciel, PSV. Venner uh Midland, Leicester City, Celtic, Sparta Prague, and Rapid Wine. Rapid Wine, just the name. Wien? Wien? I don't know. All right, so once again, this is the knockout playoff round to go into the round of 16, similar to what the Europa League is doing this year as well. And the matchups are Marcio versus Karabag. PSV versus Macabre, Maccabi Tel Aviv, Fernabancho versus Slavia Prague, uh, Midland versus PAOK, Leicester City versus Randers, Celtic versus Bodo Glimt, Sparta Prague versus Partizan, and Rapid Wayne versus Batisi. So those are the matchups. I'm not, me and I were not going to try to like Make predictions in this tournament because there's a lot of teams that we're just there's not a lot familiar of teams
2: with. We we, we basically on our unknown.
1: I just gotta say, I love saying Maccabi Tel Aviv. <laughs> I don't know why it just it's just fun to say Macab- Maccabi Tel Aviv. It's just I'm enjoying saying that a lot. Um, rolls off the tongue a lot easier than you know than most of the most of these teams. But yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on the tournament. We'll. Probably won't won't touch up on this till the final. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be frank with you. Uh, Edward, are you okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right, <laughs> we're on the same page there. But yeah, man. So that is uh, the the Europa Conference League group stage recap. And once again, we'll touch this up back up when we get to the final, um, which clearly Tottenham will not be in there. Um, but all right, our players of the week. Who is your player of the week? All right, so I'm
2: going jumping over to La Liga. And then going to, you know, my favorite team, my player of the week, it's actually Nicolas Gonzalez, who scored the winning goal in Barcelona's 3-2 win against Elche.
1: This game should have not been this close. Nah, no, it should not have. It's just, it, it was just...
2: I think it gave a depth, uh, like a POV kind of view of, of a depth of what Barcelona can bring to the table, but at the same time, it's like how how much they are struggling
1: defensively be, specifically, man? Like, yeah, I feel the attack. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, whenever. But the attack seems pretty good. Like I'm seeing Gavi scoring goals. I'm seeing, you know, a lot of these young guys like scoring goals they you know, in, you know, being impactful for for Barcelona. Even Memphis Depay has had his moments as well. But is these. It just seems like the defense is just not on the same page as the as the attack is. Um, could be a little bit about the age, or just the fact that maybe they don't have the right players in that back line to really hold up on their part of, of the Barça, the Barça style. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
2: we both we both even. I mean, well, I don't I don't recall you saying it, but me. I thought Ronald, Ronald Araujo, like he's a good defender. It's just, you can't just rely on one single person to, you know, defend the whole back line, especially even, you know, it's against two-on-one or three-on-one, I kind of feel to it uh, sometimes. And, um, yeah, they're, they're
1: not helping Ter Stegen. They're just really, not. They're
2: really not, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard to to try to move ahead when you're, you know, the backline's not holding it down. So it's kind of like, right now, I mean, the midfield I think is okay. Um, for for the attacking that we have right now, we, we have to work with, I think we're okay. I'm not saying like, okay, this is the Trident, this is it, this is the next MSN, you know, like that. No, it's not. Uh, this is literally the work in progress kind of shit, just at least... This is working for the tech, for the meantime. And this is what we got to work with with midfield and it's working. But then you go to the back line and it's like, okay, we don't even know where the hell to start. Like this is it, though. Like, this is all jacked up. So I think this this game that passed was kind of like a view of like that it was clear today, this is what needs to be done. Like, you know, for Shaggy to to I guess move around the pieces and see if he can figure something out, maybe the puzzle pieces are all jacked up and he just needs to move and shift them around. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I picked Nico González because, like, like I said, he scored the winning goal um, in a very much-needed win um, to, to give Barcelona that little confidence boost that they need. Because i gonna be honest, it's already half of the season and Barcelona is way below where I was thinking they were going to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what about you? Who's your player of the week? So my player of the week is is Gabriel Martinelli, and I, I touched up on him a little bit in a previous episode. Um, obviously, you guys know, like the thing that keeps me watching Arsenal um, is the young players, which is Smith Rowe and 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 Saka. But you know, adding on to that list of young players, and it's not not because I'm overshot. You know, I, I I forgot about him. It's just it's a, it's a guy I, could, I felt like just wasn't going to have a place on the team right now because of Pepe and and, and Aubameyang. And clearly I'm wrong because Pepe barely plays now. Um, but Martinelli is another player that I'm really excited about. He's, he's a young Brazilian, um, winger specifically, but I know he could play up front as a striker as well. Could be probably another option besides move, you know, going for, uh, for someone, a replacement for robaming. Maybe you already have your replacement for robaming. Um, but since he's been pl- like, he has barely been playing at all this season, but since he's been getting more, minutes, he's been scoring goals like he's just found the back of the net in, in his re- most recent pl- times he's played and he he does it again as he scored two goals in Arsenal's 4-1 win against Leeds United um, Arsenal just looks great on the attack, I, I like what I'm seeing from them, and defensively as well too and I mean like once again i said all those things about Aaron Ramsdale, but you know seeing more and more options that can come up from this team, not you know you know, Odegaard is, start, is starting to find kind of a groove, which I'm liking, and I think it's because of what he has in the attack. Like, you know, he has Saka, he has uh, he has Smith Rowe, he has Martinelli. So, like, his job has gotten a lot easier. He's getting a little bit more eased on into this, into his responsibilities as as the Arsenal's cam. Um, I mean, I'll give props to Saka; he had an okay game, but um, but I mean, aside from that, the team has looked a lot better. And I mean, maybe they're, maybe they like Xhaka. I don't, but if they like Xhaka, I, I, I guess I can live with it. But you know Gabriel Martinelli had an amazing game and I was hoping to finally give him player of the week and I finally got to do it. So Gabriel Martinelli is my player of the week. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, so obviously, you guys know, you know, next year, uh, next episode will be New Year's Eve. So this is the last, uh, Opportunity for me and Edward to make our votes in for Player of the Year. So next episode, we will be announcing our Player of the Year. Unfortunately, though, we're in a tie between Robert Lewandowski and Erling Haaland. Which honestly, it's a great matchup to have, by the way. But um, mainly because Edward voted <laughs> these guys very frequently, but respectively, so these guys had had amazing games. For reasons why Edward picked them, and I think I had one pick for Erling Haaland, and I did have I think another pick for Robert Lewandowski, but because of that, we can't have them. We can't have two players of the year. So we have put it all on social media. You can find our post. Well, it's actually our pinned tweet on our Twitter account at Amsterdam FC. Uh, You can go ahead and vote on that poll. Who you think deserves to be our player of the year? Uh, The the first ever. Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year award. Um, will it be Robert Lewandowski who's missing a Player of the Year award? Or will it be the up-and-coming Erling Haaland? Who knows? you know. But we're excited to see what happens there. But yeah, make sure you guys uh, go over to our, our Twitter right now because we have the poll opened up. It'll stay open until Monday. Um, so make sure you guys go ahead and vote on who you think deserves to be our Player of the Year. Yeah.
2: 'Cause I've been I've been I've been doing I've been I've been voting for them too
1: like a lot. So Oh we're aware. We're <laughs> we're very much aware. Um but yeah make sure you guys once again go ahead and, and make your put out your votes because we are gonna take that in consideration. Um and, and just let so you know, because 'cause I'm sure Spencer you're hearing this right now since you edit this episode. Um you're gonna announce the winner, by the way. So, so get, it's the Roosevelt Spencer's player of the year award. So of course, Roosevelt Spencer is going to be the one announcing the Roosevelt Spencer's player of the year award. So, you know, get your, get your chops ready. Cause yeah, you're going to have to announce it. I'll put it in the group text as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there is that. Congratulations to Gabriel Martinelli and Nico Gonzalez for being our players. So week. all right, guys. So uh, like kind of what we mentioned earlier in the episode um, it's Christmas, Christmas Eve or Christmas, depending on what you listen to this episode or Boxing Day, depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, so, there is no games being played except for one league and that's the English Premier League. So, and that's because of their games for Boxing Day. Um, so, that's the only games that are being played. So, we're just going to do a preview of the English Premier League because why not? Since that's the only league that's going to be, play- be playing this weekend. So, on all of them will be on Boxing Day. So, starting from 6.30 in the morning central time all the way till 2 p.m. These are the games that are going to be played on Match Day 19 on Sunday, December 26. We're going to kick things off at 6.30 a.m. with the 6.30 a.m. games, which are just two of them. And that is Liverpool versus Leeds United and Wolves against Watford. I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're at least going to enjoy that game. So and if you're a Wolves fan, you're probably going to enjoy that game. Leeds United has not lived up to the hype that we put, we put them out there for last season. But uh, I mean, I feel like they still have a good chance of staying in the Premier League. But yeah, so those are, those are the, the 630 games at 9 a.m. We have West Ham United versus Southampton, Tottenham versus Crystal Palace, Arsenal versus Norwich, Manchester City versus Lancaster City. Burnley versus Everton. Those are the 9 a.m. games. Any game that gets your attention there, Edward?
2: Manchester City versus Leicester City. And,
1: yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. In The, the only 11.30 a.m. game will be Aston Villa versus Chelsea. That was going to be good. So we'll see what CVG has in store for Chelsea. Uh, that would have been cool to see him and Frank Lampard, but obviously that didn't pan out too well. <laughs> for, for Frank, uh, yeah. but yeah, and then the last two p the, the the two p.m. games is Brighton versus Brentford. I think that's actually going to be a very underrated game for some weird reason. Um, and Newcastle United versus Manchester United. The United Derby. I mean, I <laughs> obviously, if Newcastle loses, it just it helps me more for this 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 bet that I have now placed on myself some people are kind of hoping someone actually told me i don't know who newcastle is but i hope they don't get relegated oh, <laughs> so, God. so yeah cuz obviously if if newcastle once again well, I'll just reiterate it. if newcastle does not get relegated at the end of the season i will do two jersey giveaways one on instagram one on twitter so be on the lookout if that happens i still feel very confident that they won't um especially where they where they are right now in the standings um uh, which we'll we'll definitely touch up on standings next week since it is the, the end of the year episode. We'll just do a, a quick we'll do a look through throughout like the power five leagues in in, sure. in Europe and then should be a fairly short episode. At least should be, but you never know how, how the our episodes go. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that is uh the games that you should be the only games are gonna be playing this weekend, which is all on Sunday. So go ahead and check those out. Um uh, I'm sure it's Premier League so the Premier League is always going to be a fun game uh, uh, the league's really fun even like Brighton versus Brentford I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch in my opinion um, but, but yeah so make sure you guys check it out the Premier League action that's going to be happening on Sunday for Boxing Day so there is that um, and we're going to go ahead and take one more break and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up with a three up three down Christmas edition hey it's Hector Yo, this is Edward, and, and we, we are, are Intername F&C. FC. Listen to
2: us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world
1: of soccer. Catch us on UnhingedSN.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We will we'll see, see you there. there. And we're back. All right, Edward, three up, three down, and today's topic is Christmas. So, obviously, it's Christmas Eve, so this is, this is why we're doing it. All right, so we're going to start things off. With Spencer's as with Spencer's picks as always um, and for his three down he has number three holiday scammers posted outside of different stores um, I'm guessing like what Dwight did in the office like that he bought like like the most popular toy and then just like sold it for more money.
2: Yeah, I think
1: so. I think that's what he's referring to. I I really don't know. I don't. I've never seen. That. I've never heard of that before. Um, number two, inflated sales prices with the stickers that claim you save two to three bucks. I do agree with that. The Black Friday sales. I honestly, part of me does believe that Black Friday is kind of a scam. I could be wrong, but there's part of me that sometimes, like sometimes, that maybe the sale isn't as great as people really think it is for Black Friday. I could be wrong as well, though. Uh, Edward, you can tell me.
2: I mean, working in retail, I could tell you that, yeah. Sometimes, like, random stuff that you probably don't even
1: need. Um, like, for one, how many people need TVs? Like, you got a TV last Black many, Friday. Why do you need another one?
2: Yeah, so I just... All right. All uh, right. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I don't think the, I think the TV thing is is one of them. But I'm saying like some certain things that they go on sale. You know, like um, a mango slicer or something like that. Like some random thing that you never ever gonna use, but because it's there and you walk by it, it's advertised. You're like, oh, like I'm I'm gonna get that. Cause it's on sale.
1: You don't. You're never gonna use it. I think it's funny that there's a a banana slicer. like if you ever go to like like if you go to a grocery store and you go to like the banana section there's this little device that's like this is literally like a thing shaped like a banana and then you just press it on the banana and it gives you the slices I don't know what's so hard about just using a spoon to like I don't know about you on occasion I like to put like banana on my cereal in my cereal Mm -hmm. so like I just you know grab the banana just undo one like I literally like just cut open like a peel and I just with mm-hmm. my spoon, I just start cutting. And just yeah, so do I. So, yeah. I'm sure Spencer does this too. Uh, I think everybody does it. I don't think I need a device to cut open a banana. Just to cut a banana. So, Pretty much. Um, but yeah. And then number one is horrible lines at our big, at your big brand stores. <laughs> Jeez. I agree. The yeah, lines are the
0: crazy.
1: I went to PetSmart To get Robo a a new harness, and like I was like, is everybody really gonna get like their dog a a Christmas present or uh, their pet a Christmas present? I didn't even like wrap it. I just I just like here, Robo. Here's a here's a new here's a new harness, so you can stop breaking the other one. When you see a squirrel, or here's another here's a random thing about Robo. Um, He is obsessed with peeing on anthills. Like, at first, I thought it was just random that he was peeing on anthills. And then, I, like, one day he was like dragging me to go pee on an anthill. Like, I don't know what ants did to him, but he hates them for him to just, like, oh, look, an anthill. Let me pee on it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is, but I don't know if that's a dog thing. Like, let me just pee on this anthill, but this is the first time I've ever seen a dog like having to pee on an anthill. Like, he goes above mm-hmm. and beyond to pee on an anthill. Really? Like I, I find Not that impressive. Mad. Never seen that. Never have I ever seen that. Like I'm, I'm waiting for these ants to revolt on him. Like at this point, <laughs> it's gonna happen. See, it
2: happen. It might happen. You might get a bit at the bottom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you want to go first? Or you want me to go first?
2: Uh, I can go first.
1: All right.
2: All right. So my number three is um. I have to agree with Spence on that one. His number one is actually my number three. The long lines at the like Walmart, some major major stores, basically.
1: Moral of so the story, people: the- get your Christmas shopping done before the week before Christmas. Yeah, pretty much, or even earlier than that, whenever you can.
2: Honestly, Sure. Yeah, wow. it could be all here's of it. Here's,
1: here's a fun thing. Here's a here's a little thing. So, what my mom does, like, if there's a sale on something, like. She has like a, just like a whole drawer full of like the, the perfume from, not perfume, the, the little spray bottles from Victoria's Secret. Mm -hmm. And like, just whenever, like if, if it's some like random person's birthday, she just straight up grabs one of those balls and then she puts it in a bag. And, (laughs) and, and and also like if there's a a sale on candles, she also does that too. So it's like a fun fact that my mom does that. And at first I thought it was kind of stupid, but now I realize it's kind of genius. Like just, just buy somebody a candle. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> a candle and, and some and some lotion. Some like good people, smelling people, lotion. People people like candles, bro. Yeah, that's true. It's one of my most underrated things, remember? So yeah. yeah, all right, go on.
2: Um my number two is all of the all the I guess you could say the the cold weather, like freezing weather, not like weather like recently.
1: But Let's like be honest, we're not really weather. getting the cold weather, but yeah, I get what you mean. Cause as soon as I as soon as I, I ask my my Amazon echo like what's the weather outside, and as soon as she says anything in the fifties, I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah,
2: dude, imagine you, imagine me? Shoot, I'm over here in the fifty five and fifty seven early in the morning. I'm just like, I don't wanna I'm like, I'm over here trying to go to sleep or trying to stay in bed and kind of stuff. And it's like, nope, gotta go to work. I was like, ah, good. So yeah, that's my number two. And then my number one, so my number one is the, uh, okay, so I don't know if it happens anywhere else, but here in Houston, when it's cold, for some reason, decides to rain now i don't know why it, I, it's not snow it's not sleet it's a little rain it's literally rain so it's still cold it's windy and then the, the rain starts coming down and then you're just like if you don't have a jacket you have an umbrella you're kind of fucked at that point so i really hate that when it happens in wintertime the thing is it never fails it never fails
1: like so this happens. is more of uh, of of the winter more so than Christmas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay.
0: All right. I t- I, I'll, I'll take it. You there? Uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Um, so what's
1: your three down? Oh, my three down is at number number three mariah Carey <laughs> oh, shit. look at, at some point I get tired of Christmas songs in general but uh I instantly like as soon as I know it's the first day of Christmas well the, the first day of, of everybody's Christmas season because my Christmas doesn't start till the, December uh, but some people like as soon as like Thanksgiving is over there's, they just want to slap you in the face with Christmas. Um, and, and obviously everybody knows the, the Mariah Carey song, the all I want for Christmas is you song. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm really done with that song. I'm just thinking <laughs> who would have thought Mariah Carey would be the one that really makes me just cringe at the thought of Christmas, but that, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, so there is that, um, I would say a close second is um, is uh, uh, that simply having a wonderful Christmas time. You know, that, you so, know what that is? having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, okay. So that's a yeah, close I'm second. Just, that's a close second, okay. but it's not. It's still Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Uh, my number two is Christmas shopping because it is a pain, not specifically like the, lo- I mean, the lines also sucks, but it's the, 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 the frustration of trying to figure out what you're getting a person sometimes. Cause it's like, sometimes you're trying to figure out like, does this person really need anything? No, but I still need to get them something. Um, right. more and more, I'm starting to think that maybe I'm just going to stop shopping for adults and just focus on the kids. Like, honestly, that's really what Christmas to me is all about now is about my nieces. It's just like, ah, let's just get them some shit. Like, I, I really don't care. I could care less if I get a gift. Like, it, it's more so for the kids than it is than for like us. Like, frankly, most of us don't really care. Um, but, you know, the kids, you know, just seeing them get excited because they got gifts is, is pretty cool. But uh, for me, I yeah, Christmas shopping is kind of a pain in the ass, especially when you're trying to figure out what you're going to get for someone. Yeah. All right, and then my number one is my birthday. <laughs> I like everyone. Like every, every, and everyone can tell you this. Everybody, as soon as they say like, "Oh, your birthday's in December," and I'm like, "Yeah." Oh, so that means you not only you get presents on on your birthday, but you also get presents on Christmas. And I'm like, "No, that's not how it works. It, it's really not how it works." If somebody yeah. gives me a present on my birthday, then I'm not getting a present from them for Christmas.
2: <laughs> and vice versa
1: and, and vice versa like if I don't get a, uh, I don't get a present for them for, for my birthday I'm probably going to get it on Christmas so it's like everyone does this whole thing where it's like oh this is also your Christmas and birthday present and you're just <laughs> like okay thanks uh, yeah so I don't know I maybe some other people that have their birthdays in December can tell me that their birthdays are different but for me my birthdays have been fairly fairly similar even even as a child uh, well, no, I, I'll, I'll take that back. As a child, I think, you know, I think the same mentality as I have now as an adult and, like, oh, you know, it's all about giving the kids presents more so than, like, the adults, like, you know, like, I don't need to give you a fucking gift. You know what I mean? I, I'm not like that. <laughs> I mean, like, the kids more, pro- the, the children are more important to me of getting a gift than, like, an adult. Sounds yeah. like I'm married to this person. <laughs> yeah, pretty much at that but, point.
2: But yeah,
1: at that so point, they can just use, they can just use sex as a present. So, yeah, two times sex, I guess. I yeah, that's not a good gift. <laughs> that's not a good gift. That, that's like, oh man, I forgot to get you. Oh, I mean, I did get you a gift. Nah, dude. <laughs> that's like the typical guy present. We, <laughs> <Like, laughs> oh, you, you didn't get a Valentine? Don't worry. We still got Valentine's sex. <laughs> that's not what they want. <laughs> okay, Roy. <laughs> anyways yeah so that is my three down and we'll go back to Spencer for his three up In his three up he has number three giving gifts and receiving them really do I receive more th- more gifts than I get but it's the thought that counts laugh my ass off
2: <laughs> <laughs> honestly I get that
1: I totally get that one I I feel like I, I give more gifts out than I get <laughs> that's okay <laughs> All right, we'll move on to number two. Uh, number two is spending yeah. time around family. Family, you yeah. know, I'm sure, I'm sure Dominic Toretto would definitely like that one. True. And number one, Christmas movies. Yeah, I like those too. What's your, what's your, what's your go, what, like the first Christmas movie you think of for Christmas? Jingle All the Way. Well, that's a. I haven't heard that one in a while. I like Christmas Vacation, and it's yeah. mainly Edward's fault that I'm into Christmas Vacation now. Because we would watch that every Christmas. I'm surprised here. that that that, v, that VHS still works. Oh, dude. I'm so we, surprised. We abused the hell. And we rewinded scenes, too. Like, oh, we yeah. weren't just, like, watching it. We would rewind scenes that we thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, like, that VHS, that, it went through some shit. Like big time. Oh, yeah. It yeah, went, went through a beating. Like, it's like you just fast forward, re- rewind, fast forward, rewind. It's just never ending, never ending without. But yeah, good, good, good one. Um, but yeah, so what's your, what's your three up?
2: So my three up number three is the food.
1: Like, I, no was not surpre- is, not I am not surprised. surprised. I knew everyone was gonna put food somewhere. I just didn't course. know where.
2: Of course, I mean, the of food. Every kind of food, any Christmas pie, American. You know, Mexican, Salvadorian, whatever. Dude. A Mexican all the pie? So, no, like the Mexican food, like the pie, the Christmas pies, like pecan apple, whatever have you. Um, cookies, the sugar cookies. Um, the like Mexican food, Salvadorian food, the American food, like the traditional American Christmas kind of feast. Um, Salvadorian, Mexican, whatever have you. Like I, I, I love all the food. Like hands down, I'm good. Like, I'm happy. So, with the food. That's your Christmas um, gift. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, number two, um, either, you know, like Christmas gifts, no matter how big or how small they are, like, that's always fun to get. Um, you know, and it's always fun to give as well. Um, I've, I've done my fair share of giving gifts recently. And then my number two, or my number one, is, um, I was going to say like, uh, any, I mean, I hate like, um, ABC used to have these things, this thing called the 12 days of Christmas where they would just do nothing but Christmas movies for those 12 days.
1: Oh, the P- the Christmas, the Christmas movie marathons. Mm-hmm. And then I think
2: Harry Potter was actually part of those movies too.
1: Yeah. Cause Harry Potter mm-hmm. always had like Christmas part. Yeah. Uh, it, so it, then- I feel like the ones that I constantly see in those, like it's it's obvious. The Grinch, guaranteed. The Grinch, yeah. Jim Carrey's the Grinch. Yeah. Jim Carrey's the Grinch. The cartoon Grinch. The um, cartoon one. Um, Peanuts. go
2: all the way. Peanuts. Um, the Santa Claus. Um, Santa Claus.
1: Um, oh, Rudolph, Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. Frosty the snowman. I think Nightmare Before Christmas as well. Well yeah, some people view that as a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um so yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um Yeah. Like those movie marathons that always that always made me pretty pretty
2: happy. Just watching those.
1: Happy Christmas, Harry. <laughs> happy Christmas Ron. Oh yeah. So, so that was your that was your your, your three up? Yes, sir. Alright, and to wrap things up with my three up, I have number two. My, number three, candy canes. Yeah, I like them. You like
0: them? Uh, I love candy canes.
1: Guys? Like that's my favorite part is, especially like when we, when back when we used to actually have a Christmas tree because you know we put the candy canes and we couldn't eat them till like, well, I, I guess till Christmas. And so like by the time it was finally Christmas, while we're opening presents, I finally was able to grab a candy cane and like, so while I'm opening presents, I have a candy cane in my mouth. Um, it's good times, good times. And obviously, like Sweet Tarts now finally came out with it. Well, not finally, but Sweet Tarts has a candy cane now. Foof, man. That, that changed my life. Um, it's like I can choose now a sweet one or I can choose I can get minty. It, it works either way for me, but, but yeah, I love candy canes. Uh, number two is the diehard arguments. Mm, okay.
2: Is so it like a
1: Christmas movie? Is it yeah, not a Christmas yeah, movie? Yeah. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not a Christmas movie? I love Die Hard. I do view it as a Christmas movie. Um, I mean, it's, 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 they're having a Christmas party. It, it's a Christmas movie. I don't care that Bruce Willis says it's not a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas sure. movie. It's a Christmas movie. Uh, and, and I love Die Hard. And it's not because I watch, you know, Brooklyn Nine Nine and all of a sudden now I just can't stop, you know, talking about, I don't, I don't talk about Die Hard that much though, to be honest, but I love Die Hard. <laughs> It's like a typical guy movie. It's like that and 300. Those are like typical guy movies. Any action movie basically is a guy movie. Fast and Furious. It's confusing as hell, but it's still a guy movie. That's like a movie you watch with your bros. So it's, it feels weird saying that like 300 is one of those movies, though. Because, you know, it's like nothing but guys in their underwear. If you really think about it. Yeah. But yeah and then, uh number 1 is family. Um obviously that's like the main part of Christmas is just being with your family and and enjoying like having those moments obviously. Uh especially with my nieces being able to see them, kind of watch them, like enjoy Christmas like that. It's literally what what I really enjoy, man. Uh you know, I work and tell you how much I really am involved as an uncle. Um oh, yeah. with my nieces and so like and even even with his kids like just to, just to see them how they're like really happy to see their gifts and all that is like it's really cool to. See. It's 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 really like not. I wouldn't say fulfilling. Fulfilling uh, seems like a weird word to say for this. Uh, sure. It's just it's 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 it's, great. it's nice to see. You feel good seeing that, like watching them enjoy this holiday, a holiday that maybe some people don't have, like a lot of positive with it, just because like you know some people don't didn't get to have those luxuries growing up. Yeah. um and i'm not saying that i was one of those people because I, I i did have a, i was really blessed with what i had growing up um but you know for me i think it's just like as you get older your views on christmas is a little bit different And you can hear like how me and edward and spencer kind of see like we love giving gifts and we you know we enjoy the occasional gift that's given to us but most of the time it's just being there with family and just seeing seeing the joy that what christmas is and even, yeah, I mean, obviously for a kid, you know, you get to stay up till midnight, at least that's how, for those of you who want to know Hispanics, so it's Christmas Eve for most people, but, but for Hispanics, it's actually Christmas Day for us. This is where oh, we nice. celebrate Christmas. And so like at midnight, we open presents. And, and so it, it's just really cool. Um, I like to see the excitement in, in my nieces when they see what gifts they got, when they got that gift that they really wanted. Um, you know, it's funny when my nieces are constantly like trying to give me a hint that this is what they want. Um, and then when, when I actually do get it for them, they, you know, you see how like happy they are to see it. So it's really cool and fulfilling. Uh, I guess fulfilling is the word, but, um, but yeah, it's just really nice to see that. But yeah, um, we want to get, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show, man. Give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. You can check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com. Check out all the great content that they got there. They got some great articles. Shout out to my guy, James Kim, obviously always holding it down for soccer over there. Um, but obviously check out all their great partner, all the great partners that they have, all the great podcasts that they have in there, and obviously all the great writers that they have there at the Belly Up Sports. Uh, it's, it's just been great ever since we joined them. And so there is that. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Alejandra Gomez and A&G Graphics. They created the Instagram FC logo. We love the logo and we love her. So follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. And also shout out to Roosevelt Spencer, our producer. He does everything for us. He, you hear the beats. You hear the outros. He does. You hear him do the ads and all that. He does. He does it. and We just give it to him. He does. He does what he does. And he does a great job. So follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. Uh, thanks for listening to episode 68. Catch us next week for... Uh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. Episode 69. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> which is going to be our New Year's Eve episode. So, um, obviously it's the big day where we finally announce our player of the year. So get ready for that. But we want to wish you, wish everybody that listens to Insert Name Nipsey uh, a very happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy, I know Han- Hanukkah passed up, passed up uh, a, w- a while back. Um, Kwanzaa, if you do celebrate Kwanzaa. But just happy holidays, and, and we wish nothing but the best for you and your families. Yep. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening, and catch us next week. Take care, guys. It's our name after. Rock with. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial
2: at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22.